With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So Vladimir Putin's all like, yo, you know that last nuclear treaty that y'all got? Gone. Over. And uh, I don't know if it really matters, to be honest. It was about non-proliferation. It was the new START treaty, and it was about inspections between countries. But at this point, it's laughable that the treaty would even be considered ex- in existence. So we can say Vladimir Putin, he's saying no more to this treaty, but come on. The moment the U.S. basically went to war with Russia, and we did, I ain't saying we, but we're the United States, that treaty didn't exist. Russia's not going to let U.S. or NATO or U.N. inspectors into its country when we're actively supplying military intelligence, weapons, and personnel on the ground in Ukraine in their country's border dispute. So that being said, there's a journalist out of Russia who says the U.S. has already declared war on Russia. I don't know how many pundits in Russia have said they are going to use nuclear weapons. So, uh, I don't know, one more grain of sand in the heat. And, you know, it is is tough every day to come in and you read the news and it's something. I don't know. It's it's increasingly inane to me to see stories of like some woke college leftist. And I'm like, it's been 10 years of seeing these people scream on the Internet. I know, I know, I know for a lot of people it's funny. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, man, I'm feeling my priorities shift towards Are we going to be self-sustainable because it doesn't seem like this train is stopping? Joe Biden does a surprise secret trip to Ukraine to give him half a billion dollars, ignores the people of East Palestine. Vladimir Putin then comes out, gives his his state of the nation address or whatever in Russia and says this treaty is done. Pundits in Russia are calling for and have been for months now the use of nuclear weapons and either just shut up and stop. Okay, Putin and Biden. Or, or get or get on with it. It's the waiting I can't stand, right? Are we going to war? Come on. I'm going to see here. We're, we're, how many episodes of IRL are we going to do talking about how they're, they're wagging their, 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 their sabers at each other, both figuratively and literally. Anyway, we'll talk about that. Plus, we've got a bunch of other stories. National divorce is currently trending because Marjorie Taylor Greene that they called for. And now everyone's opining on whether or not they actually want one. What's interesting about this story is that uh, as much as we talk about the fear or the prospects of civil war, All of a sudden now, there's a big cultural debate on civil war. I mean, okay, there have been a few people who have called for it in the past. No one really opined much on it. Now, all of a sudden, with Marjorie Taylor Greene, I suppose, a federal level politician calling for one. Now we're seeing pundits be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, this is getting a little serious. But let's talk about it. Plus other stuff. You know, we got uh, Alec Baldwin has charges degraded. Unsurprising. Yeah, he's going to get a slap on the wrist. But let's, we'll get into all that. Before we do, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member by clicking that Join Us button. I got news. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to announce it right now, and, and hopefully it works out. But uh, we have a new show that uh, is, is going to be on Fridays, probably going up at 1 p.m. It's called, we're calling it, I guess, uh, The Culture War with Tim Pool. And uh, it's going to be on YouTube.com slash TimCast. The idea for this is, I mentioned the other, the other day, so we'll have it up on the website as well. We'll probably have a members-only uncensored segment, much the same as TimCast IRL or something to that effect. And the general idea is there are a lot of guests that we could have on this show. There are a lot of high-profile people begging us to come on. But the issue is always, 
hey, guys, we're, we're a topical news and cultural commentary show that takes the top news of the day and then has a conversation around them. So if you're a scientist, a doctor, a zoologist, or uh, some, some internet in influencer or personality, it doesn't necessarily work. I mean, we've, we've had some guests, many of you may even notice, are like, hey, they're not really adding a lot to the conversation. And th those people will say things like, Tim, let the guest speak. And I'm like, this is the challenge with a guest that is a specialist. So we try to have them on Fridays, but even that's still a little difficult. So we decided, you know what, let's just do a new show on youtube.com slash TimCast, which will be a two-hour two straight cultural conversation, not news topics segmented by, you know, 10 to 15 minutes, literally just more like Club Random or Joe Rogan or whatever. We're going to sit down, we're going to hang out, we're going to have coffee, film Friday morning, uploaded Friday afternoon. And this Friday, we have Ali London. So if you're not familiar with Ali London, he is uh, an influencer who decided uh, he, he was trans Korean and then transgender Korean and now is uh, uh, detransitioned. So this is going to be a really interesting conversation. I'm actually really excited. We had Ali hit us up saying that he wanted to come on Timcast IRL and uh, or, or just come and talk. And I just said, you know, like the issue is if we're talking about World War Three or something, it doesn't make sense to have like a cultural influencer on the show. But a new show does make sense. So it'll be once a week. It'll be its own podcast. It'll be on iTunes, Spotify, etc. It'll be at YouTube.com slash TimCast. Plus, we're going to devise some kind of members only version, uh, additional bonus content for TimCast.com. And uh I'm a crazy person who just keeps working and, and, and doing more and more and more, despite the fact I should probably be doing less and hiring more people to do other things. But I appreciate all of the support of all of you who help make all this possible. And, um, you know, hopefully this, this new show works out and takes off. I think we'll be able to hit on a lot of uh, new subject matter we normally don't get to, because typically what I do is either direct article commentary on news or we bring in a guest and then talk about top news. We, we don't get an opportunity as often to talk about, you know, more, crazier ideas and things that are on the periphery of, of modern culture stuff. So so that's thanks to you for being members. We're able to do things like this, experiment, and try it out. I'm really excited. And then we have some big musicians and some celebrities who are who are, are asking us to come on as well. So I think the show might kick off with some really big guests. Should be really interesting. Joining us today, or smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. Joining us today to talk about this and a whole lot more is Bill Ottman. Hey, hey. welcome back. Me. Yeah. Good to see you, Tim Cast. Yeah, that's right. my name's Bill. I'm the founder CEO at Minds, Minds.com, M-I-N-D-S.com. Not the. I need to get Minds.com so that people don't think that we're a coal mine uh, operation. Tim has brought that up many times before. But yeah, we're a free speech social network focused on actual First Amendment content policy. Um, I think Twitter is slowly getting there, but they are not there, and uh, they're still doing these interstitial content policies all over the world and and following content guidelines of places like the EU. So we got to be careful of that and hold Elon to account. We love you, Elon, but you got to open source all the code and go full free speech. Cool. I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. You should follow at TimCast News on Twitter and Instagram. Hi, Ian Crossland. I actually co-founded Minds with Bill in like 2011 or something like that. That's when, right. It was like the when it was still in pre-alpha early determination rounds, and we were kind of figuring out what the hell was going to happen. You know, when we talk about the First Amendment on the internet, I think a lot of it is actually translating to ability to view and utilize code. That's your First Amendment right on the internet, because like a, a network controller, should, I think, should always have the right to ban whoever they want if they are running a network. But that doesn't mean that they should be the only one that has access to that kind of network. So that, that's an idea. Uh, let's go deeper on it on the show, because yeah. I want to introduce Serge Duprea. Hey, what's up? Surge.com. Um, I'm excited for this because uh, you're the founder of the website Ian always talks about. 
Yeah, and uh, it'll and, be good. And the Supreme Court heard arguments on Section 230 today, so yep, that's it'll too. probably come up. All right, let's jump into the news, man. We got this story from The Hill. Russia suspends only remaining nuclear treaty with U.S. Russian President Vladimir Putin declared Tuesday that Moscow was suspending its participation in the new START treaty, the last remaining nuclear arms control pact with the United States, sharply upping the ante amid tensions with Washington over the fighting in Ukraine. Okay, I just, guys, it, it's, it's so difficult. I can't, look. If you're gonna nuke, just do it, okay? It's the waiting I can't stand. Mm-hmm. We've been sitting here for a year. With these guys going like, ooh, I'll nuke you. I'm going to, I'm you don't do, don't you do it. And then we keep doing these shows where they're like, oh boy, oh man, they're threatening us. And then nothing happens. Yeah. So I'm kidding. I'm okay with the waiting. I'm okay. Yeah. (laughs) It's not that I want anyone to be bombed, but I'm running out of ways to say amid rising tensions, like as things (laughs) continue, like I can't say it the same way a hundred times. And to that extent, like. I like assume the American public is also exhausted. It's been over a year at this point. We've hit the year mark. When are we going to see the other boot drop? Like, how long do we just stay see, in the perpetual they, they, tension? They tricked us. They've got us being here, being like, "Come on, already! Yeah, what are it's you doing? Weird. Yeah, or, you're pro war now, dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, uh, but the scary thing is that we're desensitized to it. Yeah. This news comes out and people just shrug at it, like, "Oh, because." It, it's it's what were we were talking about the other day. You know, nobody nobody uh, sits there watching the grass grow, mm-hmm. and then eventually just goes, "Whoa, whoa, the grass got too long." No, you ignore it, and then one day you walk outside and you go, "Oh, the grass is getting long. Better mow it." And that's what's happening with this. It's incrementally getting worse, but not enough to where anybody actively is freaking out or people are shutting down government, like with protests or anything like that. They're ignoring it, and as long as they keep slow rolling it the way they do, it will just escalate to that point. It's not going to be one day the air raid sirens go off and a nuke drops on Kiev and we're like, wow, I can't believe it's happened. By the time an actual ICBM hits a city, we're going to be like, oh, another one. It's going to be incremental to the point where people are just like, well, that's war. I mean, look at what's going on in Ukraine right now that's been going on for a year with, with you know, this, the, the air raids, the missile strikes, the, the misfires hitting Poland. There's been so much war. And the crazy thing to me is, 50 years from now, they will write about the Ukraine-Russia conflict, probably the NATO-Russia conflict, because it's going to escalate. We're in it right now, and it seems like non-existent, far away. It's, it's been so gradual that we are not shocked that there is a land war in Eastern Europe at this point. We're bored with it. That's the scary thing. Well, and we're not even talking about the Middle East at all, So, yeah. which is not like there's nothing going on there. There's a ton. Of, there's tons of stuff going on, but I think we just got this slow boil to the point where everyone is completely used to the bathwater, right? I mean, I remember writing about you know the months leading up before Russia invaded. There's troops on the border. There's troops on the border. There's troops on the border. Russia says it's not a big deal. Russia says it's just a military exercise, and then like they talked to Biden, and it just went on, and eventually, you know. Th- it, it felt like a bit m- big moment in time, but then we continued on. We know there's conflict. We know there's there's mounting uh, geopolitical tension everywhere, but to what end, right? If if you are American, if you're an American going about your day to day life, like there isn't a major change. It's not like Russia has now also invaded Pol- like Poland. It's they they're staying where they where they are, and so therefore it doesn't feel like an escalation. When we learn when you learn about war retrospectively, you're able to say, you know, if, even though things things happen over three or four or five years, you learn about them in quick succession. So right. it feels faster. I have two, a, a friend out in L.A. who I'm not going to name his name because it's 
what he said to me, I think, Bill. is absolutely ridiculous. We'll call him Bill for the sake of the <laughs> argument. He has two kids. They're like 10 and 7. And like, dude, do you, you want to send your kids over there? Because if you really think Ukraine is Ukraine, get out, Putin. You're willing to send them over there? You want him to see his legs get blown off by a mortar? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What do you say? I didn't ask. I'm asking you right now, dude. Are you willing to put your kids over there? Because that, that's the direction. Look, 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 come on, man. You know, th- this is the thing that's so tiring. These, these, these liberal types who wave the flags, of course they would never send their own kids. I don't think you have a choice. If you, if you set this ball in motion, gravity takes over. You can't stop it. Listen, these are people who gorge themselves on ho-hos and ding-dongs and then demand that you pay for their health care. And the worst part is, this is that's not even this guy. This guy's like legit, but he's, he's, he's in it. He's in that liberal state of L.A., like willing to throw his children away because of Joe Biden. Like Joe Biden told him so. I don't, I don't get it, man. You think that East Palestine, Ohio is bad? Imagine if that was intentionally done to the city nine times a day to nine different cities by, by a foreign government that you have no control to stop. That's yes. what, that's the precipice. And imagine you have one time, one time in East Palestine happens to only 5,000 people. And the president says, I will not go there. And then secretly travels to a foreign country halfway around the world to give half a billion dollars to. We could not get action on Flint. We could not get action on Newark and Pittsburgh. And it was the left being like, yo, fix these things. Joe Biden snaps his fingers to hop on a plane and fly to Ukraine for half a billion dollars for a country nobody, most people can't even find on a map. I like Ukraine, man. I don't like, I don't like what Russia is doing. I get it. There's conflict. We talk all day and night about Burisma, the energy sector, Nord Stream, all that stuff. But it's just really gut punching demoralization when the president outright says, I will not visit East Palestine. These people, you just got to understand about this train, train crash. Benny Johnson, do you guys see this video? He went out and gave 20 grand. Yep. He found the 20 houses surrounding, the closest 20 houses surrounding the disaster. He gave each of them a thousand bucks. That's really great. I do, I'll, I'll, I'll do the Hassan-ism of, does it really have to be some commentator to go and give money to these poor people? Why can't Joe Biden, why can't the government do anything to, to help these people? I pay taxes. I have no problem with the government being like, yeah, a portion of those taxes are going to go to make sure that this disaster is cleaned up, cleaned up. Because it's kind of like, hey, we're paying for something, right? Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Not only will he not go there, he'll go and give your money away to a foreign country for a war that we don't know anything about or why it's happening. And they try and convince us, we've got to stand with Ukraine. For what reason are we, are we at war in Ukraine? For what reason? I mean, I know. It's energy conflict. It's Nord Stream. It's Gazprom. It's the Qatar Turkey pipeline. It's U.S. It's NATO expansion. It's U.S. global empire. It's NATO expansion. It's Western expansion. For what reason do we not provide even a tiny bit of relief to the people of East Palestine? Yeah. Well. So Benny Johnson, shout out twenty thousand dollars. That's and and it, I I know Benny would do more if he could. He probably was like, what can we afford sparing this budget? And so he breaks down where the money comes from. And so that's it. 
It's up to a, a, a culture and political commentator to try and give money to some of these people. Can we, can we take that $500 million to Ukraine? And even 1% of it to the people who are surrounding this disaster. Because here's what you got to understand about that. They've lost everything. Those houses are worth $0 now. No one is going to buy a house contaminated with vinyl chloride and, you know, whatever glycol garbage is all over the place. I think it's more than just culture uh, commentators. The Michael Reagan, the head of the EPA, was supposed to go to a climate he was a climate change tour in Africa with Idris Elba. And then on the 17th, Trump announced that he was going to go to East Palestine. On the 18th, the EPA announced that tour was canceled. On the 19th, uh, Reagan is like, oh, I'll be in, I'll be in Palestine this coming, East Palestine this coming week. And then he announces, oh, we're going to hold Norfolk Southern account- accountable for what they've done. We're going to make them pay for it, which I'm not saying it, that company shouldn't, but this is the same federal go- government that said that the people of East Palestine didn't qualify for FEMA relief, right? They didn't, they, they weren't enough of a disaster to get assistance. But then when we have uh, an unrelenting, especially conservative-leaning media that's like, no, we want to talk about it. We want you to go there. We want you to drink the water. Then eventually the EPA is like, yeah, we've got to hold that private company accountable. I'm not saying that's the wrong step. I'm just saying, why were you thinking about going to Africa to talk about climate change when we have our own disaster in our backyard? This is like, I don't think that waiting for someone to do it is going to, they're, they're going to do it. But there's a technology where you can clean up oil spills with magnets. This is developed about a decade ago. Uh, CNN reports on it. You type up, clean up oil spill with magnet, and it'll come up. You put iron <laughs> iron into the water, and then the oil like coagulates around the iron. But and that's then you not put what's the magnet in the water. In it. It sucks. There is oil. There's lots sure. of stuff in it, exactly. But it's, it's a start. I mean, it's, it's a suggestion that maybe we can do something to clean this up. I mean, Ian, that's it's not that far from your hometown, so no, maybe, it's like seventy miles from my hometown. Yeah, it's pretty close. So maybe you need to go at some point. I'm sure you will. Maybe if you go home and visit, I, I th- thought I about think you're due a visit, dude. I thought about going there just to smell, just to smell it, to know is this going to kill people? Like, because unless you go, then I was like, I don't want to be there. I don't want to hurt my lungs. And I'm like, what? What that is? That's what Biden say? Did he actually say I'm not going there, or did he just not say anything? The Biden. It's it was Corrine Jean Pierre. I'm pretty sure was asked and said he has no plans it, to. That's because he's too sickly to handle the air. No, no, they just no plans he's to 80. visit. I don't. I don't know if it was Corrine Jean Pierre, but the administration answered that they had no plans, and then everyone got really mad because Trump then announced I will be going to visit. It's it's remarkable, man. Trump, for all of the awful things people have complained about, actually cares about this country. And Joe Biden is repre- representing some kind of occupying force that cares more about West- Western power expansion mm-hmm. than the people who are doing the hard work to make this place exist. Donald Trump ha- struck the perfect balance, in my opinion. He cared about foreign policy. He was negotiating peace deals. He wanted NATO to pay their fair share. He wasn't ignoring foreign policy. But he also made sure that the support structure, the infrastructure of this country, its people were, were being taken care of. Perfect? Of course not. Joe Biden and the Democrats completely reject and ignore the support structure of this country and what it represents, the people. And then he decides to do a surprise trip to smile. I mean, I'm just, it is is a degree of triggered that I am to see Biden hugging Zelensky and smiling and then watching Benny Johnson's video where he's like, here's the best I can do, $1,000. And I'm like, half a billion dollars to, 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 to Ukraine. For what reason? And then the, the, the worst thing is we've had rail workers threatening to strike, complaining about the safety issues, warning something like this was going to happen. See, we're seeing we see more derailments all the time. But this was a massive disaster. The media then lies about it. 
and says everything's fine. The AP, if, if you think anything's wrong with the air water, you're a right wing conspiracy theorist. You know, you got to listen to these railway workers, man. And you got to look at these railroad, uh, the rail tracks, because they get warped and bent. There's a video of it. I mean, they are beyond fathomably bent and warped. And the train's like bouncing. Oh, you saw that. And, yeah. Crazy It's not video. just like they get a little messed up and oops, it accidentally got blown video? off. Yeah, we got to pull this up. When you see how start, how, how bad these rails can get, and you realize that if we don't, when they say we need to reinvest in our infrastructure, this is what they're talking about, is we need to pull these up and relay really new age, strong material. Look at this. Is there sound on this thing? Yeah, there's sound. Let's, let's, we got it right. So for those that are just listening, we're, we're showing you completely mangled and bent tracks. Is this even the U.S., though? N-D-N-W, Railway, Maumee, and Western? Seems like U.S., yeah. N-D. People were... So, I, 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 this video was going viral. People were sharing it. Uh, this is from March 31st, 2017, but they were... Look at this. this is crazy. It's in Michigan, it says. Mm-hmm. In Michigan? Napoleon, Defiance, and Western Railroad is the N-D-N-W. Look at this. So, the train has to slow down, like, drastically yeah. even to get over. Wow. Look, it's on... It's at an angle. But hey, $100 billion in Ukraine. Well, they really need it. Well, what's the structure of those uh, deals with Ukraine? Like, is, like, what are we owed after the fact? It's not just a straight donation. Oh, like, like a lend-lease? It's yeah, what? It, oh, right, right. But there the, is yeah, black, some- black rockets to come in and divvy up the land. That's what they did, the Americans, in World War II, is they lent the British so much money that they had them by the balls after the war. Right. And that's why America was so powerful after the war. Hmm. They, you know, um, they, so are we sure this is in the U.S.? Where did it say Michigan? Well, I see in the chat someone saying Mommy is in Ohio. So This is the Michigan Southern And this Railroad. is a Storyful video. Yeah. Uh, Storyful is owned by Fox News. So uh, operates between Woodburn, Indiana, and Napoleon, Ohio. Compromises 58 miles of track. Yeah. yeah. So it's not too far to expect that that's probably part of the issue. Those are the conditions, yeah. And they took, they said it was mechanical failure and that the axle that was keeping them together caught fire and they're they're taking it back to the national, uh, the NBT safety board, their their lab to study and to see, say what's going to happen. And I just personally feel like we should have an independent investigator. Like, I don't trust the way the federal government's handling this. And I know that's such an easy talking point to say, but, you know, if their response is this is not really disaster, you guys don't you know, qualify for support from the federal government. You know, the air is fine. Everything's good. How do we know that when they examine the axle that apparently caught fire, they're going to, you know, they'll, they'll see it and be like, it really was just a fluke. It was actually Norfolk. Something. Like it, it feels like a waste of time to, to let them test it themselves. Does that make sense? I, I feel very blackpilled. <laughs> Maybe blackpilled isn't the right word because I think the, the, the difficult thing with talking about stories like this and seeing these two stories in, in, in contrasting each other, $100 billion to Ukraine, surprise visit by Biden, $500 million, and Americans suffering with no assistance. I think what were they offered, like five bucks? These contracts were given saying, shut your mouth and you get what you get. Seeing these things, and I'm just like, is it, is it blackpilled or is it just realism? When we say things like, we, we, we can't assume this will get worse because that would be being blackpilled. And I'm like, no, no, now, is that just being naive? You know, a lot of people say don't be blackpilled. And I can understand, like, if the context is don't be demoralized. Don't be, you know, um, 
like I don't know. Don't be demoralized. You know, you got you got to you got to pick it up. You got to keep working. But what I see with stories like this, as I was, I was saying in the intro to this, the show, is my priorities start. I feel a shift in my priorities. You know, is my priority now to go and warn people something's coming, or is my priority now to recognize that event right now at the beginning of 2023 is? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. That's a lightning strike. That's a, that's a that's a a, a what, what's the what's the right word? A catalyst. catalyst. No, no, no. It's like uh, yeah, it's a shot heard around the world kind of thing. It is, it is it is that lightning strike, that massive explosion sound where you realize something is deeply wrong and it's not being fixed. Now mm. we can sit here and be like, now now everybody, we're gonna get it next time. Don't you worry. And I'm kind of like, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe these past midterms was some attempt at riding the ship. But when you have a government completely abandon a city on, in, in the East Coast with now uh, we're looking at potentially five million people affected downstream from this, not to mention the tens of millions downwind from it. We're downwind from it. And it's completely ignored. You're told to shut up. The media tells you to shut up. Half the voter base of the country doesn't care. I'm kind of like, I don't know if it's blackpilled. You OD'd. Think. You OD'd on culture war pills, but 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 it's not even it's not even it's it's not even about any of that. It's take a logical assessment of what just happened, and then figure out what your logical move should be. And it's probably at this point like, wow, no amount of voting for a politician will change what just happened. Now, I'm not saying don't vote. I'm quite honestly like, 2024 is going to be substan like very very important. It just means that. It's probably going to be very bad, and that's something we will need to accept and prepare for. Then, you know, vote for Trump, I guess. I don't know. I think DeSantis is all right. I'd, I'll take either one at this point. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this happen makes me swing back towards Trump on this, to be completely honest. Yeah, I mean, oh, the— County that this is in, Trump won twice in a row, and he won it by more during 2020. I think that this sets the narrative for 2024 pretty clearly, right? I mean, Biden, if you look back at the withdrawal from Afghanistan, right, people already felt like he didn't care about how he was taking the troops out. He just wanted to be the president that took us out of Afghanistan, and it, it cost us. And now we're seeing, again, how can he or any Democrat go on to say that we're the party of the environment when they would rather send money to Ukraine than to help a potential disaster in their own country. I feel like I can't comment on Trump versus DeSantis very clearly yet, but I know it becomes clear that the Democrats are not saying they're not putting their money where their mouths are. We've got a new statement from former President Donald Trump. ALX tweets Trump. World War Three has never been closer closer than it is right now. Quote, take a look at the globalist warmonger donors backing our opponents. That's because they're candidates of war. I am the president who delivers peace, and it's peace through strength. I think he's taking a swipe right there at DeSantis. But I got to be honest, that's probably the most tactful swipe he could have taken. Mm -hmm. uh, Ron DeSanctimonious, and they're, they're trying to claim he called the Meatball Ron, which is way better. I got to be honest, Meatball Ron is better than Ron DeSanctimonious, but I don't think Trump said that. I think he denied it. 
But uh, let me play a little bit of this clip from uh, Donald Trump for you. Uh, not, not the full thing. It's four minutes, but we'll give you part of his statement here. Stop the warmongers and globalists. World War III has never been closer than it is right now. We need to clean house of all of the warmongers and America last globalists in the deep state, the Pentagon, the State Department, and the national security industrial complex. One of the reasons I was the only president in generations who didn't start a war is that I was the only president who rejected the catastrophic advice of many of Washington's generals, bureaucrats, and the so-called diplomats who only know how to get us into conflict, but they don't know how to get us out. For decades, we've had the very same people, such as Victoria Nuland and many others just like her, obsessed with pushing Ukraine toward NATO, not to mention the State Department support for uprisings in Ukraine. These people have been seeking confrontation for a long time, much like the case in Iraq and other parts of the world. And now we're teetering on the brink of World War III. And a lot of people don't see it, but I see it. And I've been right about a lot of things. They all say Trump's been right about everything. None of this They, they all say. Thank you. Well, for who is they, though? Yeah, exactly, dude. What a, <laughs> what's, 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 what's Trump trying to say? I, I watched this who video until they? that moment and shut it off <laughs> earlier as well. Right after he said, quote, they all say Trump's been right about everything. This I, hyperbolic yeah. madness is not... Uh, Poised well, for office. I, I'm sorry, it, the guy's not no, not stable. Yeah, you're wrong. Complete I, idiocy to say that kind of thing. Ex- excuse me, president. Ex- excuse me. Wrong, <clears throat> wrong. Uh, Everyone says I'm the greatest at everything. Like who the hell talks like that? <laughs> Trump does. Trump. Look, man. Hell? No, no. It's it's this, a lie. This, People. This, that's not a true statement. He's a liar. Hyperbole and lies are distinct. Yes, Trump, Trump well, being, hyperbole can be a lie as well. I mean, yeah. Trump being boastful and, and and talking like that is kind of something I would roll my eyes at. But I got to be real with the East Palestine stuff, with seeing Joe Biden go to Ukraine. I'm like, I'm 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 voting for Trump. Like Ron, Ron DeSantis has the tact. He's got good policy. He's done great for Florida. But just like I, at, this was such an unnerving move that joe biden did with this ukraine trip it it was like getting punched in the balls as hard as possible and i just we need a a a bloviating braggart like trump who really will go down to east palestine if that's what it takes like i I like ron DeSantis, but he's he comes he does i don't know man i can't explain it it's like ron DeSantis has done a really good job he's given us a lot of what we want we've seen a lot of tremendous success but he's a vp He's he's a, he's he's a commander. He's a lieutenant. He's he's a, he's number one. Donald Trump is the is the crazy guy who's like, get me a plane. I'm flying to East Palestine right now. And Joe Biden's the guy who says, whatever my boss tells me to do, I'll go do. And then gives away our money. And then Ron DeSantis is the guy who's like, yeah, we're gonna do it right. We're gonna fix it. We're gonna get what people pe- people want. But that's a COO, not a CEO. Trump's a CEO. DeSantis is a COO. For those that understand corporate structure, you get exactly what I mean. The COO handles the 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 directives of the ceo the ceo which is trump says we've got to do this we've got to do this make it happen it seems like a then you get a desantis who understands and he executes it it seems like a lesser of two evils argument i I don't really know how he's going to be able to separate himself from the from the lockdowns i mean but again lesser of two evils is is something that some people go by i've I've never been able to to fall into that i just it's true um, and a lot of people have, uh, everybody says, you know, they're all saying, 
how does Trump get passed? He was he was a lockdown guy. Initially, he, he was the president. He wouldn't intervene in the state's decisions to keep states locked down. DeSantis did lock down initially as well. So I, I would rebut with that, I guess. You know, Trump said we're going to shut down 15 days to slow the spread. DeSantis agreed. Then DeSantis reversed. Trump, as the president, didn't have the power to force states to do anything. Mm-hmm. Arguably, he could invoke some, you know, emergency powers. When it came to the summer of love, he could have, you know, invoked the Insurrection Act and shut down these riots. And if he did, could have prevented 30 plus deaths, which he should have done. But I'm just saying, man, based on his foreign policy, I, I kind of I, I am worried, as Trump points out. DeSantis does have these warmongers, these 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 internationalists, these uh, investment uh, neocon establishment shills getting behind him. I'm not going to blame DeSantis for that. It's what he does with the money. But I I I gotta I gotta say like with the East Palestine situation, I'm not convinced that Ron DeSantis would be a Trump in this regard. Trump is the guy who flies there and says I'm going to visit these people. Biden's the guy who says, don't know, don't care. Let him rot for all I care. It's surprising that every presidential candidate isn't going there because it's 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 like a requirement. You have to go there. Not Nikki Haley either. Right. Trump was the one who announced he was going. I don't know if he did yet, but still, I'm like, I'll take it. If that's what we get. I my view of Trump is that there's probably a lot better people who could be president. But I really do feel like you're more likely to get a, a politician. You vote for Trump, and you know what you're getting, and I think he really does like this country. I also think he's got an ego problem. Do you know what you're getting, though? Because, you know, we heard a lot of love for WikiLeaks in the run-up to, you know, his presidency, but then, you know, nothing after he got elected. So he but, lo- but he, lo- he loves WikiLeaks when they're know. helping him. But exactly. You, you, you know Trump is going to bloviate. He's going to say things that he think will work for his base, and, and there's no guarantee that happens. But you do right. know he wants to build a wall. He's going to uh, take, look, uh, Ann Coulter was complaining that he didn't build the wall. And I'm like, the dude was trying. Like, I, I really mm-hmm. do think Trump was trying. I can respect she's mad that we didn't get the wall. And she said, you know, only, you know, hundreds of miles of fencing or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, he got, he got AAA or bollard fencing in key areas. It's like, man, I'll take what I can get. Yeah, it is lesser of two evils argument. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't even know if I feel like it, it feel, feel that way. Like Trump is different from the lesser of two evils. Mitt Romney and Obama was the lesser of two evils. Trump is something outside the picture who's probably going to do a bunch of dumb stuff, but his ego won't let him let Americans down. Like, w- w- here's, here's what I think. E- Trump's ego is, is massive, probably the biggest on the planet. And you can say it's a problem. He's also very arrogant. But this means he's also desperate for the love and admiration of the American people. Mm-hmm. And that's, I'm like, that right there matters. Biden doesn't give a crap at all. He knows people hate him, but the media is going to cover for him anyway, so he can abandon the American people to go fly to Ukraine. Trump, on the other hand, desperately wants people to love him. So much so he puts his name everywhere to make sure people know who he is. He's got daddy issues. But you can count on that for him to do what he can to make you say, I like you, Trump. And that's, hey, if, if it's narcissism at the root, but he's desperately trying to convince you that he's awesome, I'll take it. Because Biden certainly ain't doing it. He's leaving you to die. I believed that about Trump until he became president day two and went on script and started reading off a prompter. When he was like off off book for the whole run up to the election during the, the process. And it was like, got even got exciting. I didn't even want him to be president, but it was like at least someone's being honest. And then 
just I see his eyeballs tracking the prompter as he's talking, and he's talking like this, and that is not how Donald Trump talks. I'm like, oh my god! Well, he has to come. He has to come here. That's the only way that uh, that you can really press him. So maybe he should. Maybe I'll uh, fly out for the Friday morning show and interview Trump. That'd be cool. That's that's the thing. He should come here. Well, the I mean, it's just not. This is the other challenge. But he should be willing to because he should want to reach these people. Yeah, but I'm I. You know, maybe if I had the ego and arrogance of Trump, and don't get me wrong, like I got ego and arrogance for sure, but not enough to be like Donald Trump should be in my studio. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's logistical. But to feel the culture, like like, hey, he should want to connect. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not worth his time. It's like Donald Trump would be uh, uh, should be honored at the thought of me letting him come here and sit (laughs) in this studio. I think well, he needs to a, show up. A two-hour conversation agrees. for a million people would be well worth his time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think that Trump didn't get everything he said he would done, and that is disappointing to some people. Like, I personally feel like maybe it would have been nice to get some more progress on border security in the wall. I think he did do some things. You know, I can be disappointed that it wasn't as much as I'd like. I, but I think the economy was strong under him. I think that there were a lot of positives to the Trump presidency, and COVID was a very unusual uh, way to go out that unfortunately, you know, has put him in a weird position going into 2024. I think that the hardest thing about the Trump presidency was that he was so good at captivating his audience when he was campaigning. And then when he got into the White House, it's hard for me not to think that he switched out who was around him and that he was often misled by bad advice. And I would be afraid going at 24, if he was elected again, that he would again give seats to advisors who maybe don't have his best interests or the best interests of his base at heart. And that is nerve wracking as a voter to say, like, do we do we try again? It's not that we shouldn't. I mean, especially given that he is willing to go to East Palestine when at least two Biden officials are were at least planning like Biden did leave the country. The head of the EPA was going to and then was like, oh, just kidding. I'll stay here and deal with Ohio. I mean, the Biden administration's legacy in the past three years, or however long he's been in, is not good. And I think one bad year of Trump versus everything he accomplished, so, you know, it's, it's it's kind of clear who would be a stronger candidate. I'm hearing that Trump's going to be there tomorrow. I don't know. Has, has anyone That's heard? what I heard, too. Uh, but he hasn't officially released a date. It's like it's Where like the EPA just rushed in to beat him there. Can it, it, a lot, if you're listening, you want to go to Ohio and, and check this out. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll get a lot Eliyahu, see if he's interested in going down there. And That's that'd him. be really, really cool. I, I like DeSantis. I think he's doing really well on culture war issues. But this is the kind of stuff that I'll, 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 I'll say it again. Trump is a CEO. He's the visionary. He's got the plan. But he's kind of, you know, oof. the COO is the guy in the suit who, who executes the vision of the CEO and knows how to navigate that system to get the job done. So yeah, that's how I'm, a that's good how I'm CEO can do that without a COO. You know, if you have a large company, you're going to need someone to organize. But a good CEO can do all the positions of the company. Right. And I think Donald Trump is a good CEO. But I don't think Ron DeSantis is. I think Ron DeSantis is a COO. I'm not, I'm not speaking ill of Trump's abilities. I'm saying I think DeSantis has proven very, very well that he's a good leader. But it feels to me like with a story like this, uh, you know— I, I don't know. Trump Trump feels like the guy after there all could this. be a dark horse that is completely outside the realm that we're, that we're not thinking Nikki about Haley, for sure. No, but like <laughs> John Bolton. But no, but <laughs> fully fully outside in the Lenny same Kravitz. way that in the same way that Trump was an outsider. Like 
you know, who is someone that is intellectual and has an absolutely massive following that could come in Joe and Rogan. stir things up? Well, yeah, exactly. He would never do it. Yay. But, yeah, yay. But I, I mean, he's smart, but I don't know if I'd call him an intellectual. Like, he, I don't, where is he? What you know? If he really wants this, where, what? Why would no, he yeah, get out on this show? For instance, that's ridiculous. Yeah, no, no, Kanye. no, no. He, he's, he's not. Um, wow, interested. Apparently, Buddha Judge is going. He's rushing there now. Oh. I'm telling you, the EPA is the federal government is reacting to Trump saying he was going to be there. Trump said this Friday night, and they're like, "Oh goodness, we have to beat him there because if he goes, especially to a county he won twice in a state he won twice, and then." is like, I am here for you, and the Biden administration is not. In fact, not even the Biden administration, Pete Buttigieg, Kamala Harris, anyone who might seek to replace Biden, it's it's an unbeatable moment for Trump, and Trump it would mean should, a lot to the people who voted him in, or who voted for him in the first place. Trump should show up with a checkbook and just start writing $1,000 checks yeah. to yeah. locals. Yeah, and make like, a viral video of it, dude. Ben Johnson's yep. like, that was my move. Oh, no, you can be like, shout out to Benny. Benny Johnson did it first, but it was a tremendous idea, so we're going to do it. I bet a lot of these people were getting advice that in the last two weeks, if you go there and there's dioxins in the air, you could very well get lymphoma, some sort of skin cancer and die. Like that could end your life kind of fear. I think there's a lot of that, which is just even more sickening that they has been yeah, radio but they, silence. They wouldn't this. have been so scared that like they would have stayed outside the town probably. And at least even going to the general area would have helped them. So I don't think that they were actually concerned for their health. I was for my own personal health. I actually didn't want to go because I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to breathe that in. There's a picture that the Ohio EPA put up of like their, the, the director of the Ohio EPA, the lieutenant governor of Ohio, like holding plastic cups with water in them. They're like, they're drinking the water. It's fine. But I was, I just kept thinking, why isn't it a video? Like, why aren't you showing me them actually drinking it? There might be one circulating around, but they're saying things to assuage fears by also still not doing anything. Let's, let's, let's jump to this next story. We did talk about this the other day. But now it's trending again. We have this uh, from the New York Intelligencer. When Marjorie Taylor Greene says national divorce, she means another civil war. All right. Well, maybe. I don't think so. But there's a viral. It's trending on Twitter with now many conservatives and libertarians saying national divorce is a very, very bad idea because it would just mean that China stomps out what's left of the U.S. once we once we disassociate or break up. Some people are calling it a delusion, saying the country is mostly blue cities with red rural areas. My attitude is I don't know about need a national divorce. I know Michael Males talks quite a bit about it, but I just know that the divide between cities and rural areas or red red areas and blue areas is so different. It is completely different dimensions of, per, of perception and reality. It is people in one state uh, in California with open borders with child sex changes, with limitless abortion, that is, it has drifted so far away from where traditional Americans are, where even moderate, like liberal types are, that there's no bringing that back together. So you can argue we we can't have a national divorce. And it's like, sure, how does a country exist when two states have laws that are so divergent and cultural views are so divergent, they're ready to start shooting each other? Right. So I don't I don't know. I don't think Marjorie Taylor Greene saying civil war. No, she's uh, attempting but, to avoid war at all costs. From what I've said, to, what she's told me is that she has kids and she does not want her kids fighting in a war to die. So this is she thinks that a, a national divorce could prevent. But a that's war. literally but I think it's short sighted personally. That's, that's literally what the first civil war was. The South attempted a peaceful divorce saying we sign it. We voted on it. We agreed on it. Have a nice day. And the union said, F no. 
were sending in the troops and then tried calling in troops and then a bunch of other states joined. Check out this story from TimCast.com. Attacks on power grid up 71%. Officials say the number of politically or ideologically motivated attacks is growing. So welcome to your daily. Well, I don't think it's fair to call it a black pill. Here's why. Black pilling to me is like despair and depression. Like it's all bad. And I don't think bad is the right word to describe a circumstance that just happens to be. Bad things are happening. Bad things happen. Good things happen after bad things. I mean, the Roman Empire collapsed. You had the Dark Ages. And then, you know, things, we had a Renaissance. We had a Golden Age. Things got better. I mean, granted, there were plagues and war and other things like that. But it's an ebb and flow. You can't expect all of life on the planet to always be sitting in your lounge chair, eating a bowl of nachos, watching a football game. There's going to be hardship, especially when weak men make hard times. But then hard men, uh, hard times will make strong men. What I see right now is we have the unfortunate privilege of being... Uh, all of you listening, the strong men in the weak time, I'm sorry, in the, in the bad time, weak men have made a bad time and we are now getting to, to what may be the bottom of it. Maybe it gets worse, but then it's going to, re- it's going to require strong men, people like you watching to do what it takes to fortify, defend, expand, protect the ideals that we care about for all of the insanity in this country when it comes to the culture war with far left psych, psych, uh, psychotic individuals with weird gender ideology we all know that stuff can't survive the soviet union lasted what 69 years that's it the united states has been around for for over 250 some what 270 something mm-hmm. so was it two, no, 250 something right so we we've done a pretty good job much better than the soviet union their union collapsed with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In the event these lunatics start destroying our institutions, and they are, in the, in the event the institutions crumble, their ideas will cease to exist because they only exist within the confines of this protective bubble. And then strong individuals will just pick things back up, get back to work, and preserve the ideals of uh, individual liberty, freedom, etc. Except what happened with Atlantis. There are there are situations where we could completely annihilate everything and start from the ground, start from rock bottom, literally the stone age where we need to figure out how to how to carve metal with rock. Yeah, but if that occurred that wasn't self-inflicted that we know of, but it might have been. They might oh. have had some sort of vibrational technology that lowered the earth's magnetic field and allowed meteors to land on the planet. Who knows? True. Like it's the it could be it's the in, implosion annihilation as opposed to the explosion annihilation, which would be nuclear war. You know, that's one possible. Maybe it was maybe it was just coincidence, maybe. But they, they could have t- used technology that annihilated them. There's no way to know. But regardless, I mean, now we need to channel resources effectively towards the causes that we believe in. And, you know, some people call it uh, parallel economy. There's this whole concept of a network state that Balaji has come up with a really interesting book sort of about how, you know, social networks, online communities are going to crowdsource, particularly with crypto, because, you know, that is a fully independent outside economic structure. And so we're already building up the parallel 
world. And it's going to happen simultaneously. Like this idea that there's going to be some sort of like, you know, uh, perfect like collapse. And then Mm -hmm. it's just not all going to happen at once. It's going to happen slowly over time. And we're seeing the alternatives build up. So there's all kinds of sustainable conscious communities all over the world that are, that are tuning in to how to do things the right way. So I I think that, you know, what you're saying, Tim, like solutions are happening. It's it's slowly getting built up. I'm really excited to do a Cast Castle Yellowstone parody about the the Castle Ranch and we're chicken ranchers and they keep trying to steal our land. You know, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll go out and we'll herd the chickens. It'll be really funny. I think it's nice to live through pro- prosperous times, but I think as an individual, you have more influence during difficult times, right? The way you choose to live your life during challenges and the values that you choose to fight for and the changes you choose to make for your life, you know, right now, if this is a difficult time, they are more likely to determine the course of your your personal history as well as your family's history as well as your community's history i mean this is the time that you have the chance to make the biggest difference just by the way you choose to live and demonstrate your values i like the i like uh, to a certain degree the hard times i don't like the idea that people have to suffer like the idea of saying like oh hard times are great it's like yeah that means people are doing really bad it's like when bill maher said if you know if a recession will stop trump then bring on the recession and that's like a horrible thing but me personally uh I, 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 I prefer the active, not the inactive. And so maybe hard times isn't the right word. I like seeing people be logical and active in building their communities up, protecting them, figuring out how to make things work. That means going to meetings. It means, it means struggle. It means, it means to a certain degree conflict, like political conflict, not violence. I'm talking about going to a meeting and talking about like, no, your policy on this is wrong. I prefer a society of people who are constantly fighting for what is best because it's the sedentary, it's the lazy, it's the inactive, which results in real hard times when the food goes missing, when the crime runs rampant. That's what we're seeing right now. This is multiculturalism, ladies and gentlemen. This is what happens when the utopia of multiculturalism comes to your country. This idea that they try to make it seem like multiculturalism Multiculturalism is when people of different backgrounds all live together in harmony. What it really means is the values you have aren't shared by your neighbors, which means they don't know and they don't care about you. So when you say something like, I believe in free speech, they go, no. Then your government decides the lowest common denominator is the way things are to be run. And that means no free speech because then someone's going to get mad somewhere. No, we can't live that way. You got to maintain a, an overarching culture, a parent culture of the content we like, the things we agree on, the things we disagree on, the things that are illegal, the things that are legal. And then underneath that, say a U.S. constitution that guarantees free speech. Oh, you can believe whatever you want to believe. You can live in, a, in an area called Ukrainian village in Chicago or Chinatown, where you are mostly surrounded by people who come from the same place as you. You can speak about the ideas you want. Your culture can exist underneath the U.S. cultural umbrella. But this idea of multiculturalism, as they describe it, is basically U.S. culture next to, say, like uh, uh, Middle Eastern cultures, which they clash. Mm-hmm. Free speech and blasphemy laws, they don't, they, don't, they don't go together. It's like a melting pot with the temperature turned down. There's hey, no look, melting. Man, anybody, anybody knows who's making a cheese sauce, certain cheeses are hard cheeses. They don't melt so well, right? So I, 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 made a, I did provolone cheddar with Cajun spice and Parmesan. But the Parmesan doesn't want to melt. And so That's you, got a, you got a melting pot. It can work. Cheese sauce was delicious. But the Parmesan stayed solid so floating in the We cheese. need to turn up the temperature culturally without sparking the nuclear temperature 
explosions. I'm talking about making people laugh and find joy and, and it actually engage with their pain and acknowledge it and like let it happen. I think people would have to want to participate then, right? Like if you have a culture that you love and you identify with and it's in conflict to US values, why would you want to adopt US values? If you're happy with the values of your society and your culture and everything about it, I mean, you have to, there is some uh, active participation. Like the idea of a melting pot is nice and it's it's a good uh, metaphor in a lot of respects, but it negates the fact that people have to actively choose to uh, want to become part of the American cultural fabric. And yeah. I think that that's not true for everyone. I think being in a new geographic space isn't the same thing as wanting to be a part of a new experience, right? That's why when you talk about early immigration to America, I think of like Ellis Island and everything, like there are people who had their cultures, but they also wanted to be here because there was a dream and there was a vision. And I don't know that our culture as a society has that same sort of desire to blend. Well, I think there's people all over earth that would be make better Americans than a lot of people that are in the country right now that are actual citizens because that's their, their beliefs are, I talk to them online. I have video chats with people in other countries that are smarter and more adapt than you know, the, the beer-drinking football lovers, no offense if you, that's you, but if you got a beer gut, you're a problem. Fix it. Well, in t- and in terms of who is co-opting the culture, I mean, if we if you look at OpenAI and ChatGPT and, like, how and all the search engines, you know, basically they are engineering culture. They're trying to. And so what's happening, I actually got ChatGPT to admit that it is using data that it doesn't have the rights to. <laughs> that's a good one yeah. wow and so th- they admitted that they should not be using it commercially yeah and because what wow. what are they doing they're they're grabbing all data from everywhere that they without can without permission to, without permission and in your data your data your data is all in there feeding it making it more valuable to them so i think we need to sue open ai on some sort of class action lawsuit so that they share revenue with the people whose data they're actually using. And, you know, we obviously need something that is uncensored um, on the side and, and unbiased, even though that is going to be a chaotic animal that is going to be just as offensive. But it, it does let's, need to exist. Let's 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 put a tag on that one. Tag on that one. Talk about AI. But we have breaking news right now. This just happened apparently on Tucker Carlson. Vivek Ramaswamy announces 2024 presidential bid. Just a moment ago, Ian was talking about a potential underdog. I think that was you, right, Ian? I think, uh, I think Bill brought Bill. it up. You brought up uh, someone, an underdog or someone coming mm-hmm. in, and we said, yay. Are you or, psychic? Uh, and then sh- literally, like, as you were saying this, it's like 820, so it's about half an hour ago. Conservative author and businessman, businessman Vivek Ramaswamy announced Tuesday he is running for president in the 2024 race. I'm assuming as a Republican if he's launching on Tucker. Quote, we're in the middle of this national identity crisis, Tucker, where we have celebrated our diversity and our differences for so long that we forgot all the ways we really are the same as Americans, bound by a common set of ideals that set this nation into motion 250 years ago. I'm proud to say I'm running for United States president to revive those ideals in this country, those basic rules of the road, meritocracy, the idea you get ahead in this country, not in the color of your skin, but in the content of your character. Our diversity is meaningless if nothing greater binds us together. That's really great. Um, I like the guy. We've had him on the show before, but I got to be honest. Uh, DeSantis is as close as you can get to competition to Donald Trump. And even then, it's a long shot. I mean, we see polls that go back and forth, but Trump is consistently the guy. And I think the reason is Trump woke up a lot of voters who did not vote before, but now are, and they are loyal to Trump. 
You also need someone with hundreds of millions of followers to have any chance to come out of nowhere. So you need like a mega influencer like The Rock or someone like that. On, on that level, I'm not saying that he should. Oprah. But Oprah yeah, exactly. You need to be at the absolute top tier of you know online personality to to come out Why of nowhere. Would mm-hmm. anyone want to be president? Well, that's well, what I keep thinking. Not everyone wants to be president, but some people want to launch a presidential campaign, yeah. get the exposure, and then produce another book or get a you know show on a Fox or whatever they're doing. I want to be like, we are diverting funds to East Palestine. We're going to use some experimental technology and see if we can pull this chemicals out of the river with magnets. We're doing it. And we're sending $600 million into this. Thank you for your taxes. And that, I want to be able to do that. And I think the president could do that kind of thing. I don't want. I don't want to get killed do off. All the other stuff that the president has to deal with too. I don't want to like, do. No, I, I want to play yo. divinity too. But I feel like I have to <laughs> to get it done. Yo, uh, so as everybody knows, I'm watching uh, Yellowstone. I'm on season five now, and it's really great when uh, the main character is now the governor, John Dutton, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know, and then it's like you have a meeting with this group, and he's like, "Why?" And they're like, "Your advisor's plan." He's like, "Fire!" No one told me that. And he's like, walks in the room, "You're all fired. Get out." Mm-hmm. And basically, they're telling him, like, here's your new policy initiative. And he's like, no, it isn't. I never agreed to that. That's how it is. The president, you're going to walk in, and they're going to be like, here's your plan for schools. You got it. The CIA is going to walk in and say, here's the war action you're taking in in Afghanistan. And you're going to go, sure. Donald Trump was probably the first guy in a long time to go, excuse me, no, not my plan. You're fired. And they got mad. Because, like, if you don't repurpose the war, because I'd be like, okay, Lockheed, we're going to repurpose the weapons. Let's blow some chemicals up on Mars and heat up the atmosphere. But they might be like, well, if we do that, then the Chinese are going to take Taiwan. The Russians are going to take Crimea. Wait, wait, wait. If we, if we nuke Mars? If we, if we re-divert the military-industrial complex into something less violent and start using its thermonuclear capabilities to heat up the atmosphere on Mars, for instance, as opposed to killing people on Earth and laying rubble to cities— that's at least a, a use of the materials so that they can keep making money. But the argument might be like, well, then Russia's going to take Crimea and then Poland's next. Like, you need to defend against psychosis, what? maybe. And then it's like, at that point, maybe I do. Maybe maybe the, the military-industrial complex is legit. Who do you guys think Trump picks as VP? John Dutton. Well, I'm just kidding. In, in the real world, who do you think? <laughs> I mean, Kevin Costner would s- not be a bad pick. He's, yeah, a, but he's, he's amazing. Liberal, isn't he? No, the thing is— yeah. I think <laughs> I think that John Sorry. Dutton, uh, when he accepts that he's going to be governor, like I am the wall that progress smashes against speech is. Oh, right. It's one of the best speeches I've ever heard in TV. That doesn't mean anything. I don't watch a lot of TV. But uh, why are people saying that show is woke? I, I don't get it. I, I don't. I think because that one character. But, you know, the, whatever. The they activist have, lady. Yeah. The, the daughter-in-law of John Dutton. But, but he's, because they make him a villain. So, subtly. John? Yeah. I think I have never, I've always rooted for that in family when I watch this yeah, show, but maybe they, that's because I'm they may, He's a hero and villain simultaneously. I mean, that's like the subversion. I, I, but that's what's interesting about yeah, his character. Yeah. Like, the things that he is villainized for wanting, you actually also sympathize with. Like, he wants so to protect his family's legacy. Let, let, I'm not let's, totally let's, kidding right, when let's, I say let's, John Dutton would be a good VP pick. Like, someone who is dedicated to ideals that Americans feel like have been lost, right? Someone who can openly right. say that, like, I put my family first, I put my community first, that would really be powerful. I think one of the downsides of Trump is that he is a celebrity. He is extremely wealthy. I mean, Pence, there's no way he comes back with Pence, right? And the other thing is that Pence hit the Christian conservative Midwest, you know, triangulate that they wanted, but he wasn't enough of a personality to balance Trump. And I think that is why they picked him. On the other hand, Americans want to know that there are other people like Trump. So it's got to be DeSantis. You think so? If Trump, if the ticket was Trump DeSantis, they could win. It, I think it'd be it, solid. It, it, it would. It would be. They, they, I would imagine. You know, let's let's uh, let's do this. 
You ready, guys? If it's Trump DeSantis on the ticket, we're talking 49 state landslide here. Okay, now in all seriousness, you go ahead and clip that Media Matters or whoever else. I think that uh, you'll see a decent point swing. You might see like a, you know, like like a 51% or some not it's not going to be 49 49 49.5, 49.8 or whatever. You might actually get 52%. Trump and DeSantis, I think DeSantis gets you a lot of the more moderate people who are like, well, he's going to keep Trump in line a little bit, give him good advice, and he's going to uh, he's going to advise on policy better. Plus, being president of the Senate will be really, really great. Donald Trump is the is the arrogant guy who's going to go and clean house. I think that works. Mm-hmm. If you. they team up, that's a that 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 is beyond a winning ticket because Democrats Tulsi are with, struggling. Tulsi with Trump? No, 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 no. I mean, I like Tulsi, but I I I I think she would be a cabinet member. I I I, I man. Okay, I'm just gonna. We got we got a year or so, but you come to me, and you say Donald Trump is running with DeSantis as a VP. Tulsi Gabbard is campaigning for them, planning to be a national security advisor, and I'm just like, whoo, swoon for that administration. You know what I mean? It's not perfect, but I talked about this with. Uh, I think that this sorry, this just shows how. Um, used we are to having bad leaders. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the fact that, that but I, I hear what you're saying. Like, Tulsi, so bad. T- I don't see Tulsi as presidential because even when you look at her campaign in, in 2019, 2020, it was very, very much just about the war machine. And I can respect her position on that. I, 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 I think she's, she's great. She's come around on a lot of issues too. She was pro-gun control. Now she's eased up on it. But I see her primarily being a, a, the inversion of John Bolton. Somebody you bring as a national security advisor who is going to help work towards these peace deals in positive ways. I see Ron DeSantis as the COO, a guy who knows how to make these things happen. He's, he's, he's straight to the point. He's in touch. Donald Trump is the, he's, he's literally, even right now, the CEO. He's the crazy guy with the vision who says, this is what the people want. This is what we got to do. He likes to sit around watching Fox News. He's not going to be the guy to go out and lift the heavy rocks and get the job done. That's going to be a DeSantis. And then with the Tulsi Gabbard on national security, oh, man. I mean, that would just be A++. Mm-hmm. I, would, I, I think they would. What about Tucker? Why would Tucker leave Tucker, what he's doing? Yeah, I don't know. No, he's not, he's not a policy guy. Tucker is a, uh, he's a bard, right? Ian? He's, a, he's, he's, you know, he speaks, people listen. He shares ideas, people listen. But he's not the commander in chief. He's the lookout. You know what I mean? I think there'll be a push for uh, Christy Nome because she's young, conservative, female. She's from uh, South Dakota. I don't. I think you're right. DeSantis is the strongest choice. But if we're just saying who else might come up, uh, and again, she's someone who could have a nice political future. She's very loyal to Trump. But I think DeSantis it adds to the legacy of like the MAGA movement. I think that's what's hard. People don't know. People who are really behind Trump 100% feel strongly about the call to MAGA, America first, don't know who takes up the crown after Trump runs out of chances to be in office, right? Like if he's reelected, that's his last term. He can't go again. And so naming DeSantis as your VP or again, someone young, Mm -hmm. someone who seems like they can carry forth this movement, that is a vote for the future for the people who believe in this movement because they saw what happens if there isn't someone to take Donald Trump's place. It's also interesting, like, are you, remember the Unity project yeah, that Brett Weinstein, Weinstein did? It's, and it's, they went after him. They went like censorship yeah, they, and all Yeah, that. they got censored. But it's also just sad how such a well-intentioned project just, like, doesn't gain steam. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like when... Because 
unless you ride the divide and just take advantage of the hyper politicization on each side, like for some reason, just being balanced is not interesting to people. It's sad. I think it's like we're in the sports team mentality, though. You have to vote. You have to get really excited about your candidate, yeah. and they have to have a brand. They have to feel like you're you're really buying into something. And when you're neutral, when you want to hear both sides of the argument, when you want to just advise people to come together, it doesn't feel competitive. And although we need it, and although it's important, it doesn't win votes the same way. Unfortunately, you think it's just. Because well, I think it's because the media wants division, divisiveness to sell clicks and to generate the war uh, fervor. Whether it's the person that you hate or the person that's doing their bidding, they want one of those guys in the spotlight. Yeah, I was looking at uh, a bunch of YouTube content and stuff. And uh, man, it, it, is, it is demoralizing quite a bit. I, I see so much content on Twitter and on YouTube and on Facebook that is beyond clickbait hyperbole. Right. I know like, you know, the, the, the title of this video right now is like Russia ends last nuclear treaty. Trump warns of world, warns of World War Three. Those are literal things that happened. It, you know, I didn't I didn't put the headline. World War Three is now Putin threatens nukes. The treaty is over. I said Russia ends last nuclear treaty. He did. Trump warns of World War Three. He did. Granted, I want it to be like enticing. I want to grab your attention. But man, I, I got scruples and I'm looking at a lot of people and they'll get more views by saying something more like World War Three just started. Vladimir Putin threatens to nuke after dissolving treaty. Donald Trump is terrified or something like really just driving it. And that's not even the most extreme. Like the example I see often is like some dude will, you know, trip and fall. And then the video will be titled dude gets into ho- horrific accident, grotesque injuries, morbid. And then you click it and it's a guy like rubbing his shin because he bumped it into a curb or something. It's like the stuff that gets attention, what everyone's driving for is the most extreme headline. And so one of the problems we have right now with news, in order to attract attention, you have to one-up yourself every single time. Thus, the narrative emerging on Twitter is increasingly getting unhinged and we're addicted. We need more. We need more to trigger that dopamine. I mean, we've honestly experienced this exact exact issue at Minds because, you know, we've always been very balanced. Actually, our initial wave of growth was tons of progressives, like people following Edward Snowden and people who are like, you know, with anonymous and all of that stuff. And then, you know, after Trump got elected, we got a huge wave of conservatives and libertarians. So we actually do have this very balanced user base, um, which is very different than the other conservative social networks like, you know, Parler, Gab truth, you know, those kinds of uh, things, which are very specifically political. And we we try to stay neutral. And sometimes it's like, I mean, I I cannot make myself fall for the temptation to go one way or the other. But, you know, the reality is that, unfortunately, that, you know, people do click on that more. And they want you to I want you guys, I'm just imagining something in my mind. I'm just imagining, I want you to imagine this. It is, when's election day 2024? Do we know? Is it November seventh or something it's election night and the votes are coming in and they've got joe biden donald trump because biden's running who knows and then you know they're counting the votes and then all of a sudden they're like it looks like 100 percent of texas is reporting well this doesn't make sense we only have about a million votes between trump and biden what's going on and then all of a sudden one by one all of the states 100 percent reporting 100 percent reporting but only a couple hundred thousand or a million are between Trump and Biden. And then all of a sudden they're like, we're just getting this right now, a third name. And then it's Ron Paul. And he gets 80% of every state. And somehow and they're like, I, people just wrote his name in. And then we get Ron Paul. 
Or someone Please. like Ron Paul. <laughs> How old is he? That's like 90. He could, uh, so. Is he 90? Oh, I don't know. He's probably. I, I'm just like, you know, because people are chatting, talking about Trump, DeSantis, Gabbard. And I'm like, yeah, but deep down, everybody would be like, Ron Paul. He'd be like, you know. I mean, when, what year was it when he was really killing it in the. In it's the, like, oh, wait. He's 88. 08. He's 88. Mm-hmm. He's 88, and it was in 08. That was the year that he was running where he got and a the lot internet of fire. Mm-hmm. Boosted him blew, like crazy. Blew up, and he was by far sort of the favorite of the internet. Yep. But for some reason, it just doesn't show up in the numbers. Well, at the, the internet. The day. So even back then, the internet was not as big. Viewership was not was nowhere near as big. You were getting tens of millions of views in these nightly cable shows. The internet was getting tens of thousands. Mm-hmm. Now it's all flattening out, decentralizing. So even still, the popularity of you know, people we may have heard of may not reach the majority of people. It's, so you think if that if Ron Paul happened today, it would be a different story with that level of momentum that he had? No, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, if we're truly talking about who we would want to be president, anybody who actually cares about this country, I, I would assume even many Trump supporters would probably be like, yeah, if we could have Ron Paul, we'd take Ron Paul. He's, he's going to secure our borders. He's going to, well, I'm assuming. I think he's, he's, he's that degree of, but I know that he's anti-intervention. I know that he wants to end the Fed. All of these things that generally will, will make things better for the working class. I don't completely agree with him. And I'm not trying to sit here and be like, I think Ron Paul's a perfect guy. He's just the, I'm going to leave you alone guy and bring things back to the American people, back to the way things in this country are supposed to be run. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that Rand kind of doesn't fully have the fire of Ron, even though Rand. He's only half a Ron. <laughs> I He's mean, a deluded Ron. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of great people, historical figures whose kids, you know, get halfway there. It's true. I mean, same thing I mean, with Hillary. Donald Trump Jr., right? Like, no one's going to vote for him for president. As far as I know, it's not that he wouldn't I don't, do a good I, well, job. I just don't think he has the popularity and following. There are other, like we're saying, DeSantis. There are other people who are in the political sphere who I think would have a higher momentum. Yeah, but, but Don Jr. does strike me as somebody who in the future could easily be that charismatic historical figure. There's a... Uh, there are a lot of people, famous people have kids, and you're like, oh, yeah, they're a kid. What do they do? You know what I mean? Like, they don't reach that level for whatever reason. Don Jr. is massively well-known, famous, with millions of followers. 10, 20 more years, I think he certainly could be someone to take the place of his dad. There are a lot of people, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to call anybody out or anything like that, but there are famous musicians who have kids, and you're like, eh, you know, they never got nearly as big. Some legendary status, and then the kid doesn't, you know, f- f- fill the shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of times it's struggle that makes someone great. And then if they're great, their kids don't have to struggle. It would well, be- I don't know that Donald Trump struggled. He didn't. His dad was super wealthy. He, he had a million dollars handed to him pretty early on to start his own thing. Donald Don Jr., probably no struggle. Not, someone, I mean, everyone someone, struggles. Yeah, I was going to say, way, there are all kinds of private struggles. They weren't that people starving. Go or someone said to me once, this is interesting, do you think Donald Trump has ever walked a mile? I mean, it sounds on like On the golf course, probably. Yeah. yeah. It seems like a stupid question, but... When, you, when you're thinking about someone who is born into a wealthy family, it's not even about Trump. I'm not trying to drag Trump. It's this idea of people who are born in New York who are born to wealthy families, they walk out their front door to a black car waiting for them. Why walk a mile? You get out and get the car. You don't got time for this. Yeah, you walk a block or two to go grab something. Of course, it's a silly question. But the reality is, yes, of course, Donald Trump has probably walked a mile. He's probably walked, he's probably walked five miles. He's probably walked around New York. But he's walked substantially less than you have. That's an interesting thing, you know? Yeah, like number of miles that you've walked towards your sort of like groundedness as a human. I don't know about that. I just mean 
there's a distinct there's a difference between people who are born wealthy and how they live their lives and the average person. I don't get the Trump phenomenon. I don't get it. What do you mean? I feel like he was like the best of a of a pool of terrible po- po- candidates. And people just were missing daddy because they didn't have strong father figures in 2016. So he was what was there. But he lies to people. About he's, what? he's a rich kid that what do you didn't lie have about? to. Well, he just told everyone he, that everyone said he's the greatest all the time. I mean, he just he lies for a living. Okay, okay, okay. hold on, hold on, hold on. He, he said they all say Trump's been right about everything. Who? That's a lie. How is no, they lie? don't. They don't all say that, Donald. Who's they? Exactly. Who, who, who's who's they, he, what is even? What is even? What does even make Ian. talking about? Someone being a boastful braggart is being a boastful braggart. Someone lying is if Trump said, I went to a meeting of seniors and everyone in the room clapped for me saying I was the greatest. You're like, okay, that never happened. That's a specific thing. Trump being like, everybody loves me. It's like, well, what does he mean by that? Yeah, but it's a manipulative linguistic technique Uh, to do that constantly. And that is what he does. He he, Sure. Yeah. But but this is the issue. You want to talk about lying. The issue I take with Donald Trump is that. Is that he comes out and he goes, you know, everybody says I'm really the best president ever. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, sure. But, like, he he doesn't – first of all, he he doesn't say that because he knows half the people lie about him all the time and hate him. But – Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Donald Trump comes out on the White House lawn and he's like, we're going to be selling billions of dollars to Saudi Arabia. We're going to make a ton of money. It's great. And everyone's just like, he's just explaining what we're doing in terms of propping up the economy. He comes out and he goes, we're keeping 200 troops in Syria to protect the oil. Don't worry. And it's like... He just he's just saying it out loud like he's honest about some of the most important things. I don't care that he comes out and he's like, everybody loves me. I'm like, OK, Don. But thanks for telling me that you kept troops in Syria to protect oil. I mean, granted, he didn't want to. They made him do it. But still, like, that's the stuff I care. Yeah, about. he's undoubtedly the first president to ever t- remove the filter <laughs> to that to the, that level. The that, Saudi Arabia thing was like just seeing the intercept be like, he just said it. He, he said just, the thing. He just came out and said it. It's like every president has always lied about selling weapons to these to Middle Eastern countries. Donald Trump comes out when Saud- the Saudis are, are, are decimating Yemen and there's a major humanitarian crisis and just says, but it's OK. We're going to make a ton of money. It's going to be great for the U.S. economy. And he just tells you he's doing it. I, that's what matters to me. Trump can come out. And say his mom said he's the most handsome guy in, 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 in the classroom. And I'll be like, oh, OK, like, yeah, I don't care about that. But then if he comes out and goes, I think we spend about a trillion dollars on these weapons in these, these countries, I'll be like, wow, maybe we should not do those things. I mean, I feel like you got to buddy up with him, man. You got you to get in his head more. You, you got to build a relationship. I, me? I fe- yeah. I mean. Well, because, you know, it obviously massive community listening that he wants to access. And I feel like there's he knows who you are. He knows you know, this community and he should want to befriend this community. And if he can't show that he wants to do that, then, you know, I don't know. It's like he wanted to go on Rogan and Rogan didn't want to have him because he knew he was just going to get used. That's crazy to me. Used? What do you mean? Like people, like I I go on Joe Rogan and I went from 200,000 to like 600,000 subs in a month. It was crazy. Like everybody knows if you get on a big podcast, it, it 
brings awareness to who you are and the work you're doing. If Donald Trump asked to come on the show, I'd be like, you tell me when and we will kick off anybody. Bill's coming on the show. Bill, get the out. Donald Trump. No, we just have you sit there or something. But uh, if Donald Trump wanted to come on, I'd say yes. Uh, I think maybe he wanted to do the debate between by, uh, between them and then it didn't work out. Are I, you sh- I, was it the other way around? Or Well, no, no. Trump was willing to do it, but I, I forget what happened. But I, I, know. I know for a fact that Joe said he's not interested in having him on He said on alone. his show something about that. He didn't want to help the guy or something. Well, he, maybe he also feels like he's not in a position to really, you know, I just wanna, debate. Joe Rogan is a great dude. Uh, I can, he's a good friend, man. He, he really helped us out back when we all got sick and all that stuff. But I really feel like he absolutely should have that. Had, he should have endorsed Donald Trump. He should have had him on the show. That's just me. Because if Donald Trump got a big bump in 2020, imagine all of these crises that we would be avoiding right now. Donald Trump is far from a perfect individual. He's kind of a gross guy in a lot of ways. I get it. I hear from a lot of people saying, like he says, nasty things. They wish he didn't. But I really, really do feel in my heart of hearts, if Trump was president right now, East Palestine would have been taken care of in an instant. He'd be watching Tucker Carlson. Tucker would be like a major disaster happened. And Trump would be like, I do not want people mad at me about this. I'm getting on a plane first thing. Get the job done. There'd be no war in Ukraine. He'd be like, that has nothing to do with us. Don't know. Don't care. When uh, we had the with the Maidan protest 2024. We had military buildup. We had Crimea. Trump gets elected. Everything stops either because Putin was not concerned or he was scared. I'll take either one. I, th- I think if Rogan said, look, man, Joe Biden is not a good guy. And if the choice is Joe Biden, who has a history of corruption and a Donald Trump, who is, yeah, you know, take Trump. And what did, what did Joe Rogan say recently when he was asked, what do you say to people who are upset about the lockdowns? And he goes, vote Republican. He starts laughing. He goes, no, but seriously, that's people they already are. Yeah. yeah, imagine if Joe had that attitude in 2020 in the run up to the election. And he told everybody, guys, Biden is not going to help you on this one. Trump may be far from perfect, but, but Joe, I understand he's not a culture warrior. So it's unfortunate that there's that opportunity for influence that would have left us all better off. Maybe Trump started the lockdowns. He could have Albert Borla as his VP, the CEO Trump. of Pfizer. Was that guy's name? Borla? <laughs> that's that's the bit out there. Yeah, I know, but it's like he he gave the keys to Pfizer and Fauci. Like Donald Trump totally failed as a president in that respect. In terms of the COVID not firing ha- Fauci COVID. and not firing, um, yeah, not not maintaining Parks. liberty and freedom across the land. Well, I think the, the the thing you must understand, Ian, is the president doesn't have the authority to supersede the states that way. Isn't I mean, the uh, tenth amendment, tenth, and and uh, and there are some things he could do. He could, you know, lead civil action. He could pull funding. He could do a lot of that stuff, and he could pressure them in a lot of ways. And he should have. But look, man, you can complain about Donald Trump all day and night, but there is still no question that if Trump was in office, we'd be better off than with Joe I'll say I'm happy to have a conversation with Donald Trump, and I want to work with him if he's really serious about this, because I know Steve Bannon. I know I know people that run with Donald. Like, um, God, who else have we had on the show? We've had uh, – what's his name? God, I love you. I don't even remember your name. Anyway. <laughs> but you love him. People I, people I know. And what does the person do? We'll, we'll get his name. Um, we've had – like his cabinet has been on. We have um, – What's his name? This guy reminds me of my dad. I don't know his name. Whatever. Uh, anyway, people that I like. Peter. Peter Navarro. Yeah, that's yeah. who I was trying to think of. Navarro. Yeah. So, up, Pete? Um, so I'm open to the conversation, but I am so black-pilled. I'm, I have such... Now, I don't know. Is black-pilled like... 
nihilism, like I want to see it fall, or is black pill like I have no hope? I have no hope right now. So it's that yeah. that's that kind of black pill. That's I don't black know. Pilled, yeah. Is it what's nihil? I don't want to destroy it. I just see no no path to salvation. Yeah. I mean, oh, there's a path. This is why I don't, I don't like necessarily saying black pill. Black pill implies yeah. for a lot of people that there's no path forward. There there is. It's just we got to walk through the dark forest, right? It's like you're walking on a path. And then all of a sudden, there's a bunch of creepy looking trees and creepy eyes and everything around you. And you're like, okay, well, this is going to suck, but we have to do it. And then eventually we'll come out on the other side and there will be, uh, uh, you know, spring flowers and beautiful, beautiful trees and flowing fields or rolling hills or whatever. But it's like the yeah, forest, the forest, man. No human has ever successfully come out on the other end of this forest. Okay, well, that's where we that's have to true. go. Every but human. that's what it feels like is like, no, people don't but make it out of that forest, but that's the one you have to walk through. That's black pill. And that's why I disagree with. Every crisis humanity has ever faced, we have succeeded. But I mean, you got to define succeeded. We're like, here. One side won and killed all the other ones. So you could say we succeeded, but at what cost? Like, are we going to wipe everything out and start again with a new language and a new religion? Because that's not success. See, in my this, this, this is blackpilled. I take a look at where humanity is right now with all the good things we have and all the bad things we've done away with. And I'm like, wow. Humanity has overcome every challenge set before it, and I am confident we will again. The night is always darkest before the dawn, and we may be entering one of the darkest nights we've faced in a long time, but if history can teach us anything, it's that we will triumph and succeed. Unfortunately for all of us, the weak men will be leading us into very dark times for which we will have to struggle through, and we don't get the luxurious period like, you know, the past couple generations— we're going to have to really fight hard for this one, but it'll be worth it. And I'm confident in the end, we absolutely will succeed. You know why? Math, statistics, probability. There, in every single circumstance on human history, we have pulled through. I'm confident yeah. we're going to. I don't think that we are the one time in human history where humans just, boop, cease to exist. No, I don't, I don't think and so. And not think to we'll mention, now we have unprecedented technology to enable us to do that independently, like, and build sort of a side civilization, regardless of what anybody wants. So it's not really up for debate anymore. There's there's a whole new system that's being built. But that, when you look at Atlantis, you could say that it's never, I mean, that it completely, almost, Earth was like completely reset, almost. They don't even okay, have... but like, we don't even know that Atlantis is real. So exactly. We don't even have evidence that it was real. And it might we, not We be. have like a storybook. Well, it probably is. Because of did, all you see the Rishat, did you see the Rishat structure? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it's but the that's, same dimensions as what Plato said it was. So, I mean, that's Atlanta. That's the capital of Atlantis. Bro, but one city ceasing to exist is not an No, apocalypse. it was an entire global empire. That was the capital. Okay, come on, dude. I mean, regardless, Ian, like, we still have to do what we can. I mean, it's like kind of, what? what's the point? Like, okay, the, it, everything can get decimated, but we still just do what we can. Where did the, I mean, we're here, right? So, obviously, something survived. If, if Atlantis got completely wiped out. And we're here. What happened in between? The two things that got hit the hardest was North America and Syria. But we're but everything else. Are, some other things survived, like East Asia. Right, right, right. So although a lot of humanity did continue on, even if we did right. lose those two things, I think that in times of change, yes, there are some things will change and some things will not be sustained. But I don't think it's just like oh, it's all over. I mean, I think you see. You were talking about this earlier. You see evolution shift over time as some things are starting to fall apart they're already being replaced by structures that exist it's not like we go through a period where everything falls apart there's nothing and then we start again that's not the timeline of humanity you know what i mean like there will never be a time when you're completely just alone in the world there will always like, be something bro, there. 
outside of let's let's hypothetically Atlantis was real and it fell apart. So did the Roman Empire, and then bad things happened, and then humanity fought through them, figured it out. Right. Yeah. Bad things happen, and then we eventually get rid of those bad things. We build better systems. We retain the good. We get rid of the bad. Maybe. What, what if there Maybe. Is, no, we literally, every well, single time. I don't know if all the good was retained from that. I didn't say all the good, oh, the good. But we get rid of the bad as a tendency towards good and removal of bad. And that's, you, you, you can look through history, and it has always been that way. Ian, I nominate you to lead the excavation of the Rishat structure and find the secret time capsule from, that exists underneath it so that we can find the secret. But why, I think why the Mauritanian government, because I mean, the Mauritanian government is secretive there. and protective of it. Yeah. It's very they, weird. Because they're because the, the the Illuminati is under the underground accessing <laughs> ancient Atlantean technology. Most likely, they control the world with ultra powerful AI. Oh, now like let's in, talk about AI. The black pill gets darker. Uh, <laughs> I agree with you there. AI is so black filling to me. It's so creepy. It's so bizarre. Bill, you told me about a couple open ones. One called Open A, Open Assistant, and the other one Lion L A. Well, they're the same. Oh. Yeah, can like, you explain those? So, let's let, yeah, let, let's 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 do this. Um, I want to launch this topic on AI with this segment. We have this tweet from Deplorable for Trump twenty twenty four, saying Biden was caught on a damning hot mic in Poland after commenting on three UFOs shot down. Saying you think any of these guys bought that bullish? A totally, they'll buy anything. Let's get out of here. Let's let, let me let me play the audio for you. Let's uh, here you go. Scientific research. Why have you chosen You think they bought any of that bullshit? No, absolutely. Yeah, this guy's gonna believe anything. Let's get ahead of here. No, that's good. He said, yeah, those guys will believe anything. Is that a hundred percent true? Like No, that's fake. So the Twitter says it's a deep fake. I think obviously it's a deep fake. The problem is you can't prove a negative. I don't know where this video came from. Someone posted it on Twitter. People are saying it's fake. And it's like, well, you can say it's fake. But how do you prove a negative? You would think that there'd be some kind of signature detection that you could run on an actual deep fake piece of media that would be able to detect the, it. Except you could auto-generate fake voices and video and then recompress or render it so that it smooths all those things out. You could. That's why it's probably so blurry. They were trying to make it look like it's a recording of a recording, so you can't see mm. the blemishes. Right. I think it's obviously fake. Apparently, PJ Media ran it as a real story. Well, that's what I was going to say. The, it's obviously fake because Biden is not slurring. That When his ah, voice yes. kicks it again, <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculous, but if you listen to Biden, he is muffled in his speech. Whenever you see hear an AI-generated uh, recreation of his voice, it's much clearer probably because it's taking audio from now, a long time ago. But we, the we, fact we, that then somebody's going to pick up this story and say, well, th- this is going to get... That, that Biden says, oh, they'll believe anything, and then another media outlet picks it up, and another one picks it out, and another exactly. one picks it up. That's how they make now, it true. Now, you heard that one, but this one's even more damning. Wait till you hear this this uh, deep fake leaked audio from Andrew at Don't Walk Run Productions. Listen to this. Thank you, Poland. Thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're doing. God bless you all. Listen to this hot mic moment from Biden. Finally, the children I was promised. Give me your lifeblood. <laughs> wow, can you believe Joe Biden said that? No, I think Andrew is just making uh, fun of the fact that people believed that that clip was uh, was real. Yeah, that dude's yeah I mean, the problem is that, that you everyone's going to have the ability to sort of deny 
things that they really said and claim right. that it's deepfake. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's the crazy thing. How can you use a recording in a court of law? A judge is not an expert and doesn't care. I will tell you this right now. There, We are entering territory where, oh, you want to talk about murders? You want to talk about criminal cases? Fine. There's going to be a really difficult constitutional question. We saw with Kyle Rittenhouse. When they were flying the drone footage, they're like, look at this video. And then the defense had to argue, like, that's not a real image. An algorithm is creating the image when you zoom in. That image doesn't exist. And, and they're like, what does that mean? Yeah. What, we don't know what that means. Now, that's a, that's a criminal case. And there's, there's going to be challenges brought up. But even then, it's hard. Hard to say that's not real. And you got to get an expert in. And then they'll argue experts lying. In a civil case, it won't even get that far. In a civil case, you'll go to a judge and say, here's a video of Ian admitting he owes me money. And the judge is going to go, okay, Ian, pay him. And you're going to be like, that's a fake video. Don't, you're, get out of here. It's not a fake video. There's, look, what are you going to do? How do you prove it's not real? Yeah, that, I, I, I tell you this right now. When it comes to civil cases, judges outright going to be like, mm, I don't know. I saw a video. Yeah. And you're going to beg and be like, that is not real. Well, and instead of the being presumed innocent right the person who's being accused is gonna have to bring in a bunch of experts to be like this is where you can see possibly whatever if they even can and, and so it yep. becomes a very difficult system it becomes faster to set out of court especially in a civil and case. then you're going to get cases where someone's going to actually say something and then their lawyer is going to be like you're in trouble you said this on, on, on recording let's find a forensic expert who will testify it's a deep fake they go to the first forensic guy and he goes that's a real real recording they go to the next guy that's a real recording they, they go to 20 guys. They all say, that's a real recording. Finally, they find one guy who says, uh, how much are you paying me to go and testify? We'll pay you $5,000. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's totally a deep fake. Can I have my money now? Yeah, well, after you go to court. Okay. Then he's going to show up and he's just going to say it. He's going to say, yeah, here's why it's a deep fake. Here's why I think. Can I get paid now? And then the court's going to have to be like, well, I don't know. Is it a deep fake or not? Is there any precedent so far with that actually happening? Um... I have heard stories where I, I, there's, there's, there's been nothing substantive. Mm-hmm. There's just scuttlebutt murmuring because the deep fake stuff is new. But, right. you know, let me just say I've heard stories. So you think where it's friends. going is that media admissibility as evidence is going to kind of go out the window? Do you like, do you, is it, is it even, is it, are we just going to go back in time where it's all like, it, it's yep. so pervasive that yep. it becomes not even admissible deep fake technology is going to get so good that video evidence and audio evidence will probably become inadmissible in my opinion you'll go to court and look back here's a video of the guy of the murderer stabbing someone and they'll go that's not real that was ai generated so and an expert's going to come in and say please to the jury please this is clearly a fake video watch and then there will be like an artifact or something in the video and i'll say see that blemish I have been doing this work for 20 years. I am telling you that is not real. They are tricking you. This man is innocent. And jury, there's going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be reasonable doubt. Hmm. The fact remains that if the technology exists, reasonable doubt exists. And the, and the lawyer is going to be like, you heard from a forensic specialist. This video was doctored. It is a deep fake video. They're going to have to come in and be like, where was the video file generated? And they're going to have to bring in the computer. They're going to have to show deep forensics. So stuff. expensive. And then even then, you can still have a forensic expert say, I know they're showing you the stuff, but they are wrong. And then it's reasonable doubt. You could have a network of cameras that are all taking an image of something that 
upon review, you'd see the angles of all the cameras, where they're located, where the action is happening, the guy's body as he's punching the woman on the ground or whatever. Because police body cams are going to be like, nope, deep fake, can't use it. Home security cameras, nope, deep fake, can't use it. But if you have eight security cameras all trying or all angulating at one thing, Mm. and you can verify that each one verifies all the other ones, you would have to either argue the entire network has been deep faked or you and have you to can accept that. that it's admissible. You can, you can easily deep fake so like, camera angles. If they were off network, if they were un, unrelated cameras that weren't on a similar network, that all you'd have to prove each of Dude, them was fake. When we play video games, we have created a 3D environment of the character walking around. You can set vantage points in 50 different locations, and then you can, in, in Skater XL, you can do a kickflip, Stop time and then spin the camera all around him. If I wanted to, I can play it front to back 50 times from 50 different angles and be like, look, I have 50 different cameras showing all the same thing. It's a real video. So should we take steps to restrict AI? I mean, should we take steps to... You can't. It's like trying to ban guns. Mm Three-printed guns exist. Nothing you can do about it. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Facebook and Google have been intentionally holding back a lot of the text to video prompts technology because wow. of how disruptive it is have you seen you know, the, vi- you, the, the the text to video ai ever, being I, advertised I, I, a little bit it's crazy it's man. crazy you type in video walk, uh, walking down a dark path through a forest at night and it makes a video right like it doesn't do it people create, as well well that we've seen so like it's very <laughs> give it you give could it three you could, years it'll do a full feature film in perfect quality based on your prompt that's crazy yeah and what would, the, I mean, what's the benefit for it? Because to me, this sounds horrible and like it's going to make everyone's lives worse. But if you like this kind of technology, what's your argument for it? I mean, as an artistic tool, it's like undeniably powerful. Why? Because you're not creating anything yourself. It's creating it for you. That, that seems like it would take away the artistry. It does somewhat. I mean, there's a whole AI debate. I, I, I think that there's absolutely value to fully human produced media and that is always going to have a market that's probably always going to be the most valuable but in terms of like what people watch or like what is most stimulating and and interesting we don't we don't know i mean there's because it it, it's not purely computer generated i mean what is powering the ai human media so it's it's more so it is a tool but you know some people think that it's it's disempowering creators and it will do that, but it will also empower creators. So it's it's very nuanced. It's not one What do way. you see it? What, what do you see the benefits of this kind of AI? I mean, it's kind of like asking what is the benefit of a search engine? I mean, you know, we know the benefit of a search engine. It changed the world. We can look up whatever we want to at any moment. And, well, and that's kind of what it is enabling, you know, we're seeing with ChatGPT and and others, but that's heavily censored and ideological. And so, so what would be the benefit of like deep faking someone's voice? Like what what does that technology allow us to do? Because to me, it only seems like it can be used for malicious purposes. No, I mean, right well, now. I mean, for comedy, for art, like there's definitely use. What's his name? Uh, Kyle Dunnigan. He does these. Dunnigan, whole, yeah. He does the funniest. It's, it's like it's very bad quality deep fake stuff. But, of, but of Joe Biden. Of, yeah, not of Joe Biden, of Joe Biden, but and, many, and everybody. Else. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. rips on, and it's like, it's so funny. Yeah. And it's... Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. But I think part of why it's funny is because the deepfakes are bad. Mm-hmm. So, so them getting but, better would actually make that worse. I don't know. I can't say. You can't. I mean, do you see the one I tweeted? The me with Crowder and Ben Shapiro deepfake. It's intentionally bad and weird and creepy, but it's really funny. Yeah. I yeah. That. I mean, but that's like, so because it's I'm funny, like, we should allow it? Well, this one is. You can't like, not I, allow it. There's no way. There's no way to stop it. It's not. It's like people say, oh, you know, we it's, it's too dangerous. We should censor it. You cannot. It's not. It's not. And then that. enforcement of it becomes impossible. So, so how do you handle it then? Is my question. Like, what do you do that, now that you've opened this box and th- you are saying it's funny and like? I mean, got people. Some... I think that people need to be compensated for it because what you have mm-hmm. now are these these sort of megalithic centralized companies. And now, you know, Microsoft just invested ten billion in OpenAI, and and ChatGPT is getting in um, implemented into Bing. Google is rolling out Bard, which is kind of based on Lambda, which is there competitor to that but both of those systems are completely corrupt and so you know you even saw elon tweet the other day we need truth gpt which is like the uncensored version which is going to be probably based on something like lion which is run by stability who runs stable diffusion and stable diffusion is like sort of the open source alternative to dali which is open ai's you know text to image but in any case like we need the full like we just need the fully open version that has to exist. If that doesn't exist, then you know people are going to be disempowered. But we also need to get Google and OpenAI. Realistically, I think they should be rev sharing with everybody whose data they're using, mm-hmm. and that's so. So at least there is some benefit to the creators who they're exploiting. I, I don't know. I, I I don't see what other option there is. We're gonna go to super chats. So if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and become a member at Timcast.com. We're gonna have that members only uncensored show coming up at about eleven actually we're gonna do it live, right? Uh yeah, the plan is to do it live on the website uh specifically, but we'll see how that goes. We are going to try to do the member segment as a live stream, which means as soon as we wrap up tonight around ten we're going to then go to the website, load up a live stream, and uh, I guess you guys have tested it out. It works already or what? Uh, yeah. Is there uh, a chat in it and everything? Yeah. According to what we know, there's a chat. It's uh, a, from, what we, from what I understand, what I've seen on Rumble, there's a chat just like YouTube. I don't know if there's like members only. I think that's the only thing we have to figure out, but there well, is a chat. Yeah, so it should function the same way, I imagine, where we embed the video. It can only right. be viewed on TimCast.com if you're logged in. Correct, yeah. So uh, go to TimCast.com, click join us, become a member, and then this is going to be our trial run for doing the members-only portion as a members-only live stream through Rumble, which uh, should be really fun. Mm-hmm. This means that we are going to be, we normally do the uncensored show, but it means we'll be able to interact with you guys who are members in real time, and you can... We can, you know, uncensored, not so family friendly. Yeah. So I think the, the, the real time commentary, one of the things that I think makes this show work is that we've got your comments and super chats in real time. And then we can answer them. Doing that in the members only, I think, will make it really, really cool. So we're going we're gonna to try that. We're going to try that out. So uh, become a member at TimCast.com. Smash the like button. Let's read. I'm not your buddy guy says, so this is how it ends. With delusional people patting themselves on the back for being virtuous in their signaling. Wokeness is the devil. Well... You know, it's the wedding I can't stand, I guess. 
if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. I, I like that movie, The Book of Eli. You guys ever watched that movie? Mm-hmm. You've never? No, I've seen it. You've seen it? Yeah. How have you not seen it? How have I not seen it? I've never seen anything. <laughs> you gotta see it. Okay, I'm not, I'll. It's basically, the world, it's post-apocalyptic. And uh, there's a bad guy, and he desperately wants the Bible. Mm-hmm. And he, he's, he basically says that it's a book that gives you the power to control people. Mm, that's yeah. interesting. And it's really great. I mean, it's not like the best movie in the world or anything, but, but it's... But the concept it, is really interesting. It's Yeah, it's good. And I think, was it Denzel? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't want to spoil the movie, but the ending is just, it's pretty awesome. It's so you guys one. should definitely see it. But it's, a, it's, it's I, I dig it, I dig it. All right, let's see. Grofty says, any chickens seem, seem the monologue yet? Buck, buck, buck. Seen the monologue? Not sure. What? I don't know, but we really got to do that Cast Castle Yellowstone parody where we're chicken ranchers and they're trying to come and take our land. You know, mm-hmm. baby leg Bennett says, yo, saw your episode earlier. If you're looking for a new place to set up a shop, Western Kansas is it. No nuke targets here and land is fairly cheap. Please come to Kansas. Yeah. You know, when we were looking to set this place up, we actually looked at Montana. I would love to live there. Montana. But uh, and this is well before watching Yellowstone, of course. But the show is correct. It is a playground for rich people. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, Wyoming is probably better. You know, but it still has infrastructure challenges. Just yeah, like, I mean, just I like West through Virginia. Wyoming, no cell fair. phones. No, I was I like, saw G- Jackson in The Last of Us, that town that they. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Jackson in Wyoming. Oh really? Yeah, it's the actual city. I think so. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Wyoming's cool. I went there. I have a story about how we couldn't find gas and we were driving for like two hundred miles. We're like, we're gonna run out of gas, and then all of a sudden, my friend was like, "There, look!" And there was like a shack on the side of the road, and there was what looked like weird rectangles. Where like, those are gas pumps. Oh man. We pulled over and it was like this little dude with his dog in a shack and he sold, it's like a grocery store. And then I was like, wow, there was no signs. Mm-hmm. If we didn't get gas there, we were going to break down. It was crazy. We drove a long time with no. And then the best part was uh, when the road was completely covered in ice and there's no one around for hundreds of miles. And I'm driving a Honda Civic hybrid on just sheets of ice. And I'm like, the car's sliding a little bit. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, we're going to crash and then no one will find us for, for weeks. But that was, t- that was totally fun. All right. Waffle Sensei says, Tim says Raymond and Hydro are going to be on his Friday show. Bro, Raymond and Hydro are going to be co-hosts on my show, dog. Stop trying to steal my top talent, man. Oh, yeah. And Waffles. We should get Waffles, Raymond, and Hydro all to come on the new Friday morning show. That'd be wild. Yeah. Think about all of you guys at the same time. That'd be insane. Adrienne Curry says, Montana doesn't want these people. Well, according to the show Yellowstone, that is correct. They don't want these people. I, I, dude... He's he, John Dunn's Trump. Yeah, like that's amazing. He gets in and he's and he's like, I want to cancel the lease on the airport. And his son's like, You can't. They'll sue you. Don't care. Just do it. And then he just does it. And I'm, they're like, You can't. He's like, I will. I'm telling you, the the <laughs> I am the wall that progress uh, like pounds against is the, the best speech. If you haven't seen yeah. Nelson, you should tr- find a way to watch that speech. He's like, They they want to come here and turn our land into cities mm-hmm. and malls. They call that progress. Mm-hmm. It's like, Well, I am the wall that progress slams against. Yeah. It's, it's great. Good. I mean, yeah. and then he's like, we're going to raise taxes on people who are have vacation homes here. Like he is protective. Double the taxes on right. non-residents. He is sales protective tax on- of the people of Montana, not the people who vacation in Montana. Like and Trump. I think that exactly. That's yeah. a great sentiment. Yep. Baby like Bennett says, I say you start a charity membership, 10 bucks a month, and we vote as a group monthly on who to donate to. And I motion for the first donation to go to East Palestine since the feds won't help. You know, that's a really good idea. What if we set up a nonprofit that did a like vote based foundation thing? So it's like 
everybody gets to send in money and then submit where they want the money for this month to go. Would that be like a DAO? And then what we do is we go through every submission and we just simple script takes every suggestion and then runs it like a basic vote. So if one person says, I want the money, well, one vote out of 100,000 ain't getting you anything. Sorry, you lost. Your vote didn't work. But for some reason, 3,796 all said East Palestine. The, the algorithm just pulls it and gives us a chart of all of the top requests. And then we say, hey, the number one requested you know, uh, charitable donation is to East Palestine. So all of the funds that went in today will be donated to the people of the city. That'd be a cool idea. Yeah. Um, but if it was like a thousand ten dollar ones and one guy puts ten thousand in, would his vote count as much as the thousand ten dollars? Nope. One vote. So then you would get people splitting their donations as, into as many as possible or getting people to donate for them. Um, you, you watch out for for then we then, then then we do a ten dollar ten dollar limit. Every ten dollars is one vote. You want it. You want to vote a hundred. You want to vote ten times and you put it a hundred dollars. OK. Um, decentralized autonomous organizations, the DAO, D-A-O, mm-hmm. those are like, can you explain how that would, because you, you know. Yeah, it's pretty much the that. same thing, just using smart contracts as what you're saying. But you could do it manually through a nonprofit. Over and, over yeah. in the members chat, Noah Sanders says, nonprofit, we'll have that in about three years, just like the fact-checking nonprofit, Tim Cast. Yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> you are correct. It exists. But the problem is, in order to accept donations, you have to register in each state that would accept donations. There's... A bunch of stuff we're, we're, we're dealing with, but yo, nonprofits are hard to do. They're hard to do. James O'Keefe, he did the right thing. He wanted to do right by people, so he made a nonprofit. And uh, you see what happens. They, yep. they, they, they boot him out. If he created, yep. if, if Project Veritas was founded by James as a sole member LLC, he would never have to deal with any of this. But it wouldn't be tax deductible. True. He'd make more money, too. All right, let's see. Max Reddick says, Tim, people like Sam Cedar will take that clip of you saying you are tired of nuke threats. Just do it already, even though you were kidding. You watch, it will happen. I know it will. There are some conservative commentators that intentionally produce content they know the left will make fun of Mm -hmm. because it gets them in the algorithm. It makes them famous. One of the most beneficial things to any commentator is if everyone's talking about you. So if you can get like Hassan, for instance, to talk about you 10 times, then the left and the right are talking about you. YouTube says, this is something people like. Show it to everybody. As mm-hmm. Jimmy Dore said, they have broad appeal, but in, yeah. not the way he intended it. But so, you know, you just got to say something that's easily uh, baitable. Like, I want Vladimir Putin to nuke Ukraine already. Just be <laughs> done with it. You know, Ukraine should be nuked. And if you said something like that, you know, they could take that clip out of context and then tell everybody that, you know, Tim Pool called for uh, nuking Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't matter what the context is. Like, for example, if someone were to say something like, we must nuke Ukraine. Russia has to do it. Vladimir Putin is the greatest president of all time. Everyone agrees. And anybody, who's li- anybody who says otherwise is lying. And Putin is obligated to nuke that country off the face of the earth. If you said something like that, they would easily be able to clip that. <laughs> And then accuse you of having said. And it. How would you react, or how will you react when that starts? When they do. <laughs> when they do. Yeah, will like no, but seriously, serious question. They do it already. No, I know, but when it becomes like so pervasive, will you just? It is. It? Yeah, it is. It Yo, is. I did a video where I was like, you can't sexually harass women. Like, if you walk up to a guy and you said this thing, the guy's not going to care. You walk up to a woman and say this thing, the woman's going to be like, hey, don't do that. 
Young Turks took that and then said Tim Pool wants to sexually harass women, yeah. and they removed the context. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I've had people be like, do you hear what Dave Rubin said? And I'm like, oh, what did Dave Rubin say? Oh, he said this thing about that thing. And I'm like, when did he say that? Well, I saw it on Twitter. And I'm like, dude, you could have someone be like, you know, Ian walked in here the other day and he went to me and he goes, I do not like chocolate ice cream. And then I was like, are you kidding me? You really don't? And he was like, no, nah, I'm just kidding. I was like, ah, you crazy guy. And they'll take that and claim that quote from a joke story is about you and you said it. That's what they do. It's, it's, it's. So there so, you go. So, so you, don't, now, you don't care. You should think it should be able to continue to exist. And it's free be, speech. It's free speech. Yeah. And these people are just evil. What do you do about it? Right. People are, uh, it's, it's, it's brutal, man. It's one of the most demoralizing things about the internet is that you, you, like, you can see every day people like Sam Cedar, the Young Turks, lying about the opinions of people on this show because it gets clicks for them. Maybe we should build a tool where the person at hand in the content can at least tag it or something to indicate that it's out of context or something so that without taking it down, without violating free speech, there's still some sort of indication from the people involved. Who like, would have the tag? The creator of the video? Yeah. Well, here's what but we're gonna, no, no, like no, 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 the person that it's about would be able to, or any, maybe anybody could tag it and that's kind of. Here's what you do, yeah. an extension that sources the original material. So if someone has a video and they show a clip of me, the extension sees the video clip and then says original source is this video. Right. Not easy to do, but I don't know how you navigate this stuff, man, to be honest. The, the Young Turks, basically, that's what they do. I, I don't know if Jenk basically retired and he's just like tired of actually being involved in politics, but this is the route they've gone. They've gone the route of just say what the left wants to hear so they'll click on it. We can go to bed. Maybe. I, I, I hear, I, I, you know, I feel that, I feel that heat, man. It, it'd be so much more fun as a hell of time to go live in the van down by the river. And then there's probably people like Jankor, like after 20 years of doing this. I mean, the guy, they had, what did Jimmy Dore said? They had upskirting shots on their website and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now they're just saying whatever they think the left wants to hear because it gets them just enough money so that he can, he's, he's, he's retired basically. That's how I view it. A lot of these people are like, yo, I'm ready to retire. Can we automate this somehow and just make the money? I'm done. Right. I mean, what's the point of having a nuanced take when if you show an upskirt photo, you make just as much money, if not more, right? I mean, there's no motivation in that. You have to be ideologically motivated. And Posting sure fake news makes a lot of money for you and mm-hmm. the correction makes more. The correction won't, you know, if you if you lie, you'll get $1,000 and then the correction makes 100. It's all money. Anyway, they don't give the money back after they correct the record. Sir Loin Tip says, to correct something that was asked last night, calories are absolutely in the food. They are the potential energy found within the chemical bonds within the carbs, fats, and proteins in the food. Well, there you go. When I was in like seventh or eighth grade, we studied calories by burning peanuts, and you time how long you do the math to calculate how many joules of energy. Science, sorry, science teachers, I'm not doing a great job. But now I think, how could you burn peanuts? <laughs> like that's crazy that we just burned peanuts because peanut allergies are so prevalent. Right. Jimbo says, "I am disgusted by how ignorant and complacent we Americans have become." It's 110% our fault as a populace for everything our government is doing. Not U.S. per se. We know better. But low info people, it's an enraging black pill. But as I was saying earlier, that way of life, the ignorance, can't survive in the long run because they're not, it's not self-sustainable. So after everything comes crashing down, those who do pay attention, do know and do care and have prepared will take the reins and, and rebuild. All right. Where are we at? What do we got? 
Timothy Rhodes says, Tim, what do you think about the idea of a divorce of city states versus actual states, kind of like the Vatican City? Let SF, Chicago, New York, Portland, Seattle become city states. No resources, sure, but not our problem. Agreed. But why would anyone give up their slaves? If, if they've got rural farmers paying taxes to their cities, why would they let them go? Wandering Mage says, if we join the war, there will be a draft and Democrats will dodge it and take over while everyone else is at war. A brutal trench war since drones rendered tanks obsolete. I think draft equals civil war. That, that I was reading about the formation of West Virginia. And you want to know something funny? How West Virginia became a state? One of the reasons is that they held a vote when the young men went to go fight in the Confederate Army. So you have a region of Virginia. They take all their young men and say, go join and go fight for the Confederates because you're Virginia. It was, just, it was just Virginia. Then once the pro-Confederate side are fighting, all that's left in the city are the anti-war, unwilling to fight, don't want civil war, and they all vote. Well, of course, then they vote to stay in the union. Isn't that funny how that works? Shatters the state. It's not completely why it happened, but that's a component. And there was a lawsuit where after the Civil War ended, Virginia said, hey, they voted while the young voting population were, half of them were gone. Mm. That's not a legitimate vote. And Supreme Court was like, yeah, it is. F you. West Virginia exists. Wow. And that's a good thing because, you know, West Virginia is best Virginia and regular Virginia sucks. <laughs> and it's like woke garbage. All right. Where are we at? Hops it up, says 20 bucks for a fired up Ian on train tracks. Keep up the good work, Tim Cast. Really do appreciate it. So thank you uh, so, so much for the support. Amtrue13 says James O'Keefe for president. Well, okay then, for president indeed. Muhammad says, I lost a country once. I made America my new home. I don't want to go through it again. It's genuinely painful. Yeah, I feel you, man. Yup. Yeah, Russell Brand asked me recently. I did. I was on the Russell Brand show. And he was like, are you planning on escaping or whatever? And I was like, probably not. But if like it really did come down to it, El Salvador all the way. <laughs> like the, it, it, you know, shout out to Max and Stacy, Orange Pill Podcast, because they, they hit the nail on the head. They're, they're down there doing a, t- a ton of tremendous work. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin has basically created mass wealth in this country. Crime is dropping. Tourism co- exploding. Tourism exploding. Um, standard of living skyrocketing. And it's because they banked people instantly overnight. All of a sudden, all these poor people had access to digital transactions, and they were given currency in Bitcoin to actually spend, and the economy just went, and all of a sudden, people are trading with each other. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant stuff. I bet you, Naib Bukele, there, I bet he would do the show we've, next time he's over here. Well, so that's the challenge. He's the president, yeah. and he can't just come up here to, you know, but we've actually, uh, I'll put it this way. The answer is yes, but the terms are, how do we figure out how do we do it? Mm-hmm. So the interest is... There, I, I don't want to speak on behalf of the, administ- the, the El Salvadorian administration. Let's just say intermedi- intermediaries we talked to said they absolutely could get us an interview with him. There's interest. You got to come to El Salvador and set up the show. And it's Go to like, Bitcoin Beach. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we've talked about it. And we've got people constantly hitting us up being like, just spend a week in El Salvador. Do the show down here. And I mean, we could. But the, yeah, the challenge yeah. is like our, our booking system is real time. So we might get hit up by someone who's like, hey, I can come March at this time. And we do. And then we have the calendars like speckled with guests. And it's like, which week do we isolate for El Salvador? We have to plan it way in advance. So mm-hmm. maybe, uh, I don't know, June or something. Yeah, we'll we get the president up. one day. We get Max and Stacy one day. We could probably fly Ben Stewart down. I mean, we could fly a few people down there with us for the week. And work I mean, honestly, and they could be on the show. It sounds like a better idea for the new show that I'm doing. 
where we don't have to worry about topical news segments and conversations. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people seem to think this show is for some reason like Joe Rogan. And I'm like, it's not like, you know, people say like, you know, why doesn't the guests talk more? And I'm like, because it's five people in a room <laughs> talking about current news and that's 20% of the conversation will come from the guest if that. So, but well, the fr- we're all pale as hell. So we need <laughs> that's El true. Salvador. <laughs> but the, the Friday show is going to be once a week, two hours long, probably. And the idea there is one-on-one hangout conversations, you know, that'll, that, so that means the Tim, the, the Tim cast news stuff that I do in my monologue kind of will be Monday through Thursday. Friday is a terrible news day. Uh, Friday night's fine because that's where all the news goes to die. So like big stories drop Friday at 6 PM. So IRL is fine Friday night, you know, but a lot of people are out partying, but for the morning, it's like do a, a cultural conversation in depth with an individual on a, on a variety of topics. So we've got some cool stuff. We've got some famous musicians who want to come on. A lot of people that are, um, you'd be surprised, famous celebrities don't want to do a news show, but would talk about this stuff in an interview show. So we found that out. I don't want to say anybody's name because I don't want to scare them off. We're, we're, we're booking some big names, but they're basically like, oh, I couldn't do IRL because you guys talk about the news, politics, politicians. I can talk to you about my experiences with wokeness and stuff, but does it fit this format? And so now we got this new show and they're mm. like, oh yeah, that sounds great. I'll definitely do that. When can we come out? So that's exciting. Yep. We'll see how that plays out. Maybe it'll do so well. We just do a lot more of it. Hillbillary Clinton says, cutter turkey with my pipeline is what I'm going to do next Thanksgiving. Hopefully my girl will be thankful. Ha ha. Good one. Uh-oh, someone's mad. Ready to Rumble says, Ian is an absolute midwit. Several years of telling this guy things Trump has done, and he can't remember a thing. Complete waste of time talking to him. Dude, I'm not going to waste time drugging up what all he lied about. Go do it on your own. But you're saying he lied about things like, everybody loves me, and it's like, oh, okay, Trump. Like, that's not impacting anybody. It's just him being... It's a lie. All right, next episode, Ian will have a list of top five <laughs> Trump happy lies. To. You want to do it now? Take up 20 minutes? I mean, what do you guys want to do? Read Super Chats. <laughs> All right, where are we at? Jimbo says, orange man rad. That's right, orange man is rad. I think Trump was way better in 2016. He was hilarious. Uh, but, you know, I think what, you gotta understand that they they strapped weights to his ankles yeah. as soon as he got elected. Like, yeah. we have not actually seen a Trump presidency. They'll argue that was a good thing. They saved this country. Yeah, right. We got, we got as good as we got with Trump and you guys holding him back. Biden's, Provably made everything worse, and you're giving him free reign. All right. Michael McCord says, Trump is a member of the mercantile class. DeSantis is a member of the ruling class. Trump, wrong schools, wrong family, made money in business, not a lawyer. DeSantis, right schools, military service, lawyer, ruling class. Didn't Trump go to UPenn? Yeah, I don't know. He went to University of Pennsylvania. Yeah. I, just, I, I know that uh, Ron DeSantis, is, he, he's done a lot of good things. I'm not going to be like, oh, no, he's got bad backers. Look at all these good things. Well, he's done good things. Mm-hmm. I can accept that. I'd vote for him. I had to. But uh, I think it's a no-brainer that Trump DeSantis is the ticket. I think anybody who's being honest is going to be like, okay. But does DeSantis really want to be a VP? I, I think that's what he is. I don't think it would be a bad thing for him to be a VP. But I think there are enough people who don't want Trump to run that – and I don't know DeSantis all, but it could be easy to be talked into like, no, you don't want to be VP because then you're always second fiddle to Trump and this, that and the other. Like he could, I, I don't know, but I suspect he could be talked into seeing it as a negative when it really wouldn't be. I don't, I look at DeSantis and I think on the scale of presidential pre- presidentiality with one being the lowest and 10 being the best, 
or uh, let's say one being the best and 10 being the lowest. I don't know, whatever. Ron DeSantis is a 10. It's like he's the bottom of presidentiality. Could he be president? He could, but he's not that presidential. Donald Trump is presidential for weird reasons. I don't know. He's a, he's a tall, boastful, loud, commanding guy. But in the VP list, Kamala Harris doesn't even chart at all. She, I don't even know how she got there. Ron DeSantis is number one. He, he is he's actually slightly above the best possible choice for a VP, in my opinion, because he's almost on on like presidential level. Joe Biden is not presidential at all. He's barely VP. How he got there, man, is beyond me. But that, that's why I'm like a Trump DeSantis ticket. Yeah. Tulsi Gabbard, National Security Advisor. And I do think picking DeSantis is an investment in the future of whatever movement Trump has created, right? I mean, if he wins 2024, he can't run again, so someone's going to have to take his place. Hill Billary Clinton says, hear me out. Pool Crowder 2024, and their slogan can be, if you crowd the pool, we'll kick you out. <laughs> that will never happen. Oh, that's funny. Certainly not. I, I, I couldn't imagine how, why someone would not be in politics. You know what I think? I got to be honest. I think most people get in politics because they're mediocre people, and that's their path towards the limelight. Hmm. Hardworking people who want to build something, they'll do it the hard way, and they'll get to a position of freedom, success, liberty, etc. And then you have people, not every single one, don't get me, I'm not trying to insult every, I think there's a handful of really good politicians who really do want to do good, and they, this is their vehicle. But a lot of them are just like, I'm not worth anything, my business isn't that big, I'm not famous, I'll run for office. Yeah. You know. Just have to imagine... <laughs> What was that? Uh, it's just hard to imagine all of the restrictions, right? Like, think of Matt Gates being here. Didn't he say, like, oh, I, I don't know if I can drink that expensive whiskey. Like, there are rules to your... <laughs> he said, no. I said, okay, you can't have any. Right. And, like, there yeah. are all kinds of rules to, like, what you can do, how you can spend your money, where you can go. Your time has to be accounted for. You have to be in your district a certain amount of time. Like, I think that there are a lot of people who are great and have a lot of positive effect who don't necessarily want to give up the things that people who become the president have to give up. All right. Big Joe says, I want to see a congressional congregational cage match. It would accomplish just as much as they do now. At least it'd be entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Rundell Schmidt says, Tim, I think you should do some kind of fundraiser for all the people affected from the train derailment. I think you could really raise a lot to help. Um, what we would need to do is find a charity or nonprofit that does that. And then we could do a show where we're like, let's see how much money we can raise for them. We don't have the legal capacity to, to accept money for anybody like that. So we couldn't do it. Um, I also want to just, as an aside, mention there are now bocus emojis and golden <clears throat> rooster emojis available to members in the chat on YouTube. So if you want to, people are post, I see people posting little bocus faces. Bocus faces. Maybe we need to make a bocus wearing a beanie. Yeah, that'd be good. C. Albright says, I'm a shift manager at a burger joint from Cali. I am looking to move. If you're still looking for help at your coffee shop, I'd love to apply. It is under construction, I guess. Like the, the contractors, contractors have come in. They've mapped everything out. They're planning everything out. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to have a second floor skate shop, hangout, games and stuff. And then like private club, third floor or something like that. I don't know. It's coming along. Oh, everybody's spamming so golden now. roosters yeah. and bocus emojis now. What? Bocus emojis. <laughs> yeah, bocus is a cat. All right, where are we at? Alan Sh uh, Schroer, if DeSantis is COO, then the proper role for him is chief of staff. VP is neutered. No more Scott for VP. Tulsi as secretary of defense. Agreed. Yeah. There we know. go. Uh, agreed. It's just unusual to have a chief of staff then transition to you know, running for president. I don't know of anyone who's, you know, successfully mm. launched that kind of 
campaign and he's already governor. So that doesn't seem like I, 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 VP may be neutered in some capacity, but they could do it right. And it would give him a chance, like people say one of the weakest things for DeSantis is his uh, foreign policy experience. Like in the VP, you would probably have more chance to interact with federal foreign policy. I don't know. It's just a thought. Yeah. All right. Where were we? Jake says Trump went to New York Military Academy where he did very well. I'm sure he's walked more than most with the CEO screaming and marching right behind him, too. Fair point. And, I, and that's why I said I don't want to single out Trump because, you know, on the golf course, obviously, he's walking, too, outside of military school. But there are people who are born to wealthy families who probably have not walked a mile. Isn't that crazy to think? Mm-hmm. They go out of their house and probably the only time they walk a mile is when they're on the golf course. They, there's a car waiting for them. It drives it's them for leisure go. and not for perp, like for fun. Yeah, I don't want to be hyperbolic about Trump either. I did find one of his lies and they seem to like come out of the woodwork uh, that he likes WikiLeaks. I think in 2016, he said, quote, WikiLeaks, I love WikiLeaks. And then in 2019, I know nothing about WikiLeaks. So how does that contradict? So he says he knew nothing about it, but that was a lie because he used to love them. Now he Uh, pretends like he doesn't know anything about it while he lets his attorney general just spearhead Assange and take him into prison. So see, this, this is what the media did all the time. I can certainly understand why you're like, I see what Trump is doing. I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt on this one. But it's like someone going like, I absolutely love Lindor truffles, delicious chocolate. And then someone says, what's in it? And you go, I don't know anything about it. And then they go, ha, you lied. Yeah, but like, three, it's like saying, I love the Infinity Gauntlet. It's my favorite comic book. And he didn't three say years that. later, he said, I go, love it. What about the Infinity Gauntlet? I don't know anything about the Infinity Gauntlet. See, this is what the media does. Trump said, I love WikiLeaks. He Why? loved them when they, were, when they were exposing Hillary Clinton's emails. He loved and them. And then when asked more specific questions about what he was doing, he said, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, three years later when he was asked about it, when he was so, so taking this, Assange this is, this is what the media does. Did Trump lie in that regard? What you're saying is quite literally not a lie. Three, he obviously knew about WikiLeaks when he said, I, I know nothing about WikiLeaks. He knew about him. He knew who How Assange you know was. Because they... in 2016, he was praising Assange in WikiLeaks. This is, this is what the media does. You are, you are taking something Trump said that was vague and nondescript, applying your personal worldview to his, to his statement, and then being upset. So, are you, you're, you're saying it's another instance of hyperbole. Is that what you're saying? What I'm saying is, I can go, I love Infinity Gauntlet. And then you go, what did Thanos uh, say to, to death? And I'm like, I don't know. No, it'd be like you saying, I love Infinity Gauntlet. Then like a couple days later, I go, oh yeah, Tim loves Infinity Gauntlet. And you'd be like, I don't know anything about Infinity Gauntlet. I'd be like, what? You just said you loved it. And I do. But I'm not why would you it. say you don't know anything about it? Because it's true. How, I can, how can you love something you don't know anything about? See, that's what you don't understand. You are ascribing your worldview to a statement I said because you didn't ask me the context. Donald Trump could be saying, I love WikiLeaks because someone said, you see, they released something about Hillary Clinton. Oh, I love it. It's fantastic. Then later, someone says, but Julian Assange did these things with Afghanistan and the, and the war logs. And then Trump goes, well, I don't know anything about it. OK, if your stance is that he didn't lie about Wiki, not knowing about what then OK, you don't think he this is what the media does. Trump, Trump, they, they will assign context to his statements. You can say Trump was trying to backpedal because uh, I, I'm like, sure, I get it. If, you, if, if that's how you view it. But. If Trump comes out and says, I love WikiLeaks, and then someone says, oh, you do? Who's its second in command? He goes, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. That's not a lie. Well, what was the context of him saying, I don't know anything about it? Was it trying, like, that matters. Because if he's trying to get out of having ever said that he supported it in a way so that he can, because what was manipulative was that he made everyone think that he was going to potentially pardon Assange. But then... I don't think no. so. Yeah, he was like, 30, let's find 30,000 more of her emails, the ones that disappeared. That's what he said in 2016. 2018, 2019, the context is, he said, I know nothing, after Assange was arrested, he said, is I know it, nothing it, about WikiLeaks, it's not my thing. And I know there's something having to do with Julia Assange. 
I've been seeing what's happening with Assange, and that will be a determination, I would imagine, mostly by People, the attorney general who's doing an excellent job. Like, what, he just sold the guy out? So, objectivity is, Donald Trump says he loves WikiLeaks. Okay. He did not say, I know everything about WikiLeaks. I know all about Julian Assange. I'm going to pardon the man because I love him so much. And then later they said, hey, you're still going to do that. I don't know anything about it. Don't look at me. That's not what happened. Someone said, wow, a bunch of emails got released. You see on Tucker Carlson? And then he goes, I love this. I love the WikiLeaks. What, you know, these, these documents getting released. Then later on, they go, Julian Assange is accused of rape. And he goes, well, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, WikiLeaks. they're separate statements, but it's similar to kind of the criticism that he said he was going to drain the swamp and then what actually got drained. I mean, he could have, Trump has the ability to declassify as much material as he wanted. He could have you gone, saw how that, he could have gone yeah, on but, an absolute but, but on. rampage exposing you saw, everything. You saw how that went? The, the FBI raids his house. He has, he has plenary de- declassification powers, and the federal government still comes after him. Look, Trump lies about stupid things. No question about it. But I, I, what I can't stand is, if Trump gives me a vague, nondescript statement, I will not apply context to it that does, that does not exist. So that is not a good example of Trump lying. I mean, he said it on the campaign trail that he loves WikiLeaks. And then after Assange got arrested, he said he doesn't know anything about WikiLeaks. Yeah, well, I mean, how is that not a lie? That, it's it's a weird linguistic kind of context. Ian, you hate That's what lying is. It's a no. weird linguistic trick. No, it isn't. Lying would be him saying, I know everything about Julian Assange and I love the man. Then someone goes a year later. So do you still love Julian Assange? I don't know who that is. Yes, that would also be a lie. But Trump didn't do that. Well, it's a different a lie. I mean, it, it's uh, like no, that's, he didn't say elephants are yellow and purple. either. When Trump but. said last night in Sweden, you see what happened? And the media said Trump's insane. Nothing happened in Sweden because what Trump meant was last night on Tucker Carlson, they talked about Sweden. Did you see what happened? The media assigned fake context to what he was saying to accuse him of lying. They do it all the time. Then maybe it's just- annoying because I'm trying to understand the truth. What are Trump's motivations? What is he really getting at? And the reality is this. WikiLeaks releases emails. Trump doesn't know anything about it. Someone asks him and he goes, oh, I love the WikiLeaks. I love this. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Then he's a liar. No, he's then, not. Well, he what saw was something he in the news and he said, I love this. Yeah. But he didn't. But because he didn't know what it was is what you're saying. See, that's Trump derangement syndrome. No, I'm, I'm not deranged. I know you, a liar when I see one. Dude, you got TDS bad. I, I mean, if you, if you want to slob the knob, bro, go. I don't know what to he's tell the, you. That's, that's another good example of it. What, what are you saying? You're saying what his lie is not a lie. I don't bro. know what to say. What did he? There, there, the there are better examples, I'm sure. Like, the fact that you can't explain why Trump said he loved WikiLeaks. He loved WikiLeaks because it was exposing Hillary, and he loved the he idea. Maybe that. he loved the idea. He was talking about it on the campaign trail. He even encouraged the Russians to find quote find the thirty thousand emails from Clinton's server and that, that are missing. Has nothing to do with WikiLeaks. That's why he loved it is because it was exposing Ian, those emails. Let me, so, so let me explain to to those that are still listening. I'm trying to understand the truth. You are obfuscating it. You are making it difficult to understand. This is one instance of many where maybe he was just li- maybe he was just saying something he didn't mean when he said he loved something that he didn't maybe he didn't know anything about. You it, can but he love said he something loved- you don't know much about. I that is not true. That is not love. See, you are intentionally making things confusing. I don't know a whole lot about football at all. I love the Super Bowl. We had a Super Bowl party. It was so much fun. I tell people, oh, I love Super Bowl parties. Then later people go, oh, yeah, you're a big fan of the Chiefs. I don't know anything about them. (laughs) You said you love the Super Bowl, dude. Were you lying? No, I love the Super Bowl. Friends come over. The game's on. I don't really know what's going on, but I love hanging out with my friends. You love the gatherings, but the game itself is not in your... Right. You don't love... But I I say I love the Super Bowl. You'd be considered a fair weather fan if you said that to a real football fan. You see how you're trying to make it confusing to understand reality here. We had a Super Bowl party. I love Super Bowl parties. That's we different get, than loving the Super we got, Bowl. We got a gallon and a half of crab dip. 
we got it. We had a gallon and a half grad. grad. It was great. We played poker. The game was on. People were cheering. They did squares and all that stuff. And I know nothing about football. So if someone came and asked me, oh, you're having a Super Bowl party. You love the Super Bowl. I love it. It's so much fun. The game's on. People are cheering. I know a little bit about it. And then a year later, they're like, you love uh, football, right? And I'll be like, no, I don't know anything really about it. You came out and you said you loved football. Well, I was talking about the Super Bowl. We did this one thing this one time. Donald Trump sees a story about emails getting released, and he goes, I love this, this WikiLeaks thing. Later on, someone asks him a specific question about something related to WikiLeaks, and he goes, I don't know anything about it. It wouldn't be That's like you saying you love the Super the Bowl and then saying you don't know about football. Ian, it would be saying you love the, the Super Bowl, and then I go, well, yeah, you love the Super Bowl. Like, no, I don't know anything about that. The statements can coexist, but it's, it's a, it's a good debate. How can you love something it's, you know nothing about, Bill? What's in chocolate? What's in, what's in, do you like chocolate, Ian? Yeah. What are the ingredients of, of like a Lindor truffle? I don't know. How could you love it if you don't even know what you're eating? You asked me if I like chocolate. It's cacao. What's a Lindor truffle? It's not. It's, there's <laughs> chocolate in a Lindor truffle, maybe. You can like something without knowing what if goes on you ask on me inside. if I like the Lindor truffle, I, maybe totally I could different statements. I think it's Trump not, saying, I don't know about WikiLeaks in the second sta- sentence is just as easily interpreted as, I don't want to comment on that right That's what now. it was. I don't want to talk about it. But that's okay, right? If you are the president of the United States and you're walking by, I don't know what the context was. Let's say he's going to board Air Force One, someone calls out, hey, do you know what's going on with Julian Assange? And he's like, I don't know, but you know, the attorney general's on it, things are good. I don't think that negates the fact that he was happy with the work they were doing in a different in a different context, right? He's not saying, I've never heard of Julian Assange and I hate everything about WikiLeaks. Like he's not reversing Well he might entirely. as well have reversed. Because I mean, he didn't do anything. Okay, that's Ian, different though. You, His you, you like James isn't O'Keefe? Him deni- denouncing I love James, James O'Keefe. You love James Oh hold on. You love James O'Keefe? Yeah, I like him. So you you like what he did to uh, that employee, Janet? I don't know Janet. Whoa! <laughs> what are you talking about? You lied then. You but don't in, love James in three O'Keefe. years, if you asked me if I said that I like James O'Keefe, I wouldn't tell you I don't know anything about him. But if I said, hey, do you like what's going on with Project Veritas? You might say, I don't know what's going on with Project Veritas. I don't know Veritas. anything about it. I don't know anything about it, right? Like, are you talking not, about James? Or what, I mean, but that's what I mean. Like, So you lie. I say I don't like Project James. Veritas, and then three years later you ask me about it, and I say I don't know anything about Project Veritas. That would be a lie. Because I already am on camera telling you I like it. But you're saying that you... If okay, okay, hold on, hold on. Everybody in the chat, and I think the three of us all agree, Ian, I think you have Trump derangement. People in the chat no, I, don't, I don't think he has Trump derangement. I, I, do. Do. I, I think that the, this is an understandable argument. Honestly. I disagree. I, I, I've been consistently in the position of Trump does bad things and Trump lies, but I'm sick of the media lying about what he says or does in an attempt to make people hate him. And so I just feel like, Ian, you've, you've found one weird example. You're trying to justify that Trump is a liar because you didn't find anything the else. the first one that came up on CNN. Sure, and it's not really a lie. It's a bad example. Well, so he could have said, one. I don't want to talk about it. And I, that would have been him owning it. Instead, he acted like he can't even talk about it because he doesn't know anything about it. That's it, it, total. Trump derangement syndrome means that there is no way, no universe in which you would ever change your mind. And I know for a fact that, Ian, there is a world in which he would. I would not totally Trump derangement syndrome is, this is the perfect example of it. There's, there's a viral comedic video that came out during the Trump administration where a guy said, stop making me defend Trump. And it's this video where it's like they're playing, someone's watching TV and they're like, can you believe that Trump called all Mexicans rapist animals? And the guy goes, he looks and he goes, he, he turns around, he sees him, he goes, Trump, Trump never said that. And they go, why are you defending Trump? Are you a Trump supporter? And he goes, no, but Trump never said that. And they're like, you're a, tr- you're a white supremacist, you support Trump. And he's like, what are you talking, that never happened. Joe Biden launched his campaign on claiming Trump praised white nationalists. It literally never happened. Trump speaks in vague terms often because he doesn't know what he's talking about. 
He hears a crowd cheering for something and he goes, I love it. I love it. And he's being vague and speaking in general terms. Then you can ask him something very specific later on. I'll be like, I know what you're talking about. And maybe he also just doesn't remember. Here's one. But, but, but. 16 seconds. I'm like, WikiLeaks. I love WikiLeaks in 2016. And what does that mean? For, for him, it could mean whatever. It could mean he doesn't even know what they are, but he says he loves it. I don't it's know. It's like someone bringing you a Papa John's pizza. You eat it and everyone starts saying, oh, did you like that pizza? You're like, I love Papa John's. It's so good. And then three years later, someone's like, did you hear about Papa John's and what happened with the racist thing? And you go, I don't think about Papa John's. And you're like, he lied. Like, dude, yeah. they're, they're totally different contexts. So anyway, someone should, let's, let's should go. super chat the best, the top Trump well, lie, undeniable. Let's, let's try and do, let's try and do the members only live. So go to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to try and do the members only show live. We'll see if it works. Should be fun, I guess. I don't know if it'll work. We'll see if we can make it happen. So go to TimCast.com, click the join us button, smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, this, subscribe to this YouTube channel, share the show with your friends. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me at TimCast. Bill, do you want to shout anything out? Yeah, everyone. So April 14th, TimCast IRL live in Austin. April 15th, Minds Fest at the Vulcan, same venue. So everyone who's in town for TimCast IRL, please come out. I'm just going to read the lineup quick. It's, it's, it's badass. We got... Destiny, Brian Callen, Peter Bogosian, Daryl Davis, Chris Williamson, Carrie Smith, Jamie Kilstein doing some stand-up, um, Matthew Israeli, Michael Seifert from Public Square, Ian Crossland, Luke Radowski. We've got... Rudkowski. Rudkowski. Really? <laughs> yes. Okay, He sorry. just pronounces it wrong on purpose. Oh, does he? Uh, yeah, Brian Callen, Layton Woodhouse who's a Twitter files journalist, Jack Posobiec. And then we got live music presented by based records. Ira Dean, Jeffrey Steele and Suzanne Santo. So it's going to be live podcasts, debates, comedy. It's going to be an absolute blast. Please come out. It's going to be rock. Where do people get tickets? Tickets dot Vulcan presents.com. That's awesome. Cool. Yes. Uh, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. If you want to follow me personally, you can follow me on Instagram at HannahClaire.B. You can follow me on Twitter at HCBrimlow. And you should 110% definitely follow First TimCast News at TimCast News on Twitter and Instagram. And you should also check out Pop Culture Crisis. I did a show with them today. Ian's on the show pretty regularly. It's a great time. And they're pretty cool. All right, bye, everybody, bye. Ian Crossland, remember, you can be deranged out of obsessive love. You can be deranged out of obsessive hate. Do not be deranged. Call things as you see them. I love you and take care of yourself. And I am Surge.com, as always. Uh, this live show will work. Let's get to it. All right, so we should have that uh, members-only live show up in a couple minutes. Usually when we wrap, everyone wants to like, run to the bathroom and get a drink of water. So yes, it'll be up at uh, on the front page of TimCast.com in maybe like five or so minutes, and we'll see you there. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.